Welcome to your sanity safe space with your favorite YouTube podcast duo. Skag3, whoever he is. Get your quad fascist ass out of here! Saving the millennial generation in weekly installments. You are a terrific team on all counts. Live from a castle tower and his mother's basement, this is, is the Matt and Blonde Show. I'll lead an effective strategy to mobilize true and international over depression. <laughs> The hawking will continue until freedom improves. Move, bitch, you got coronavirus. I'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that I've ever had to talk about publicly. There is no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word. And I agree with that now. There's not another word like it in the entire English language. It's a very unusual word, but it's not my word to use. I'm well aware of that now. He said the N word. How dare you! Every bond you break, every step you take, I'll be watching you. I never use it to be racist because I'm not racist, but whenever you're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not racist, you fucked up. And I clearly have fucked up. I do hope that, if anything, that this can be a teachable moment. I doubt it. You are fake news. <laughs> Very serious? That was four days ago, five days ago. I haven't said it in years. Let's go, Brandon. I agree. All right. America, go to the YouTube right now. Big ups to Rebecca for keeping Matt woke. Congratulations to both of you. You're awesome. I, I can't do it. We'll do it live. We'll do it live. Fuck it. Do it live. I I'll write it and we'll do it live. Hello and welcome to the show. It is a great show. It is a terrific show. It is a tremendous show. Frankly, the best. You can ask anyone about that. People often do, I'm told. This is the Matt and Blonde Show. My name is Matt Christensen, flanked on my right, as always, by my wonderful co-host, Blonde. Welcome. Last night, the uh, official spokesman for the Freedom Convoy of Canadian truckers stopped by to fill us in on all the happenings in Ottawa, as well as the uh, the corruption of GoFundMe, which looks like it is slowly but surely being resolved on Give, Send, Go. Um, Go GoFundMe, of course, refusing to deliver $10 million that donors for the convoy raised, <laughs> initially saying, don't worry, we'll give it to charity. Hmm, that sounds like fraud. Okay, we'll give it back. What a mess of a weekend, but uh, it looks like the truckers will still be well supported. We will get to that interview shortly. But first, we'll talk uh, Joe Rogan's apology for saying the N-word a few dozen times over the course of 10 plus years. This revealed after the mob has been circulating a montage of all the times he's said it on his show. And uh, you have to wonder, given Joe's apology, given some of the moves that Spotify has made... Are the cracks starting to form? I'm getting a little nervous because I thought that people would really hold the line. The people in power, that is. There's plenty of support for Joe, but the people making the decisions are starting to show a little bit of cracking. 
The N-worded. It'll be the end of all of us. We've said it on the show on multiple occasions. Our montage would probably be shorter than Joe's, though, in fairness. I think I, I only know. have one. Well, that whole <laughs> thing with the white N-word. Yeah, that's right. That was mine. And you were quoting the president in at least one of them, but that doesn't help Joe sure. either. He was quoting people. Mm, anyway, yeah. after the interview later in the show, speaking of Joe, Biden, that is, we'll get to his lies about the Second Amendment. He's after your guns once again with the same old debunked nonsense. You couldn't own a cannon back in the uh, days of the constitutional drafting. OK, stop saying that. There's a couple more we'll go through as well. Plus, Minneapolis police serve a no knock warrant and kill a guy with no known connection to their search. Whoops. We'll go over the uh, body cam footage that is available. And apparently the Derek Chauvin judge signed off on this no knock warrant. So whoops, I, whoopsie, I guess. I don't know if he um gets to join Derek Chauvin in a jail cell after this. I don't know. We'll find out. And of course, before we get out of here, we have uh, hoax, hate, surprise, cringe. And tonight's movie review is office space. So Stick around for that. And of course, we will catch up with your super chats in between topics. Ten bucks and up on the Sunday show because we are no good lowdown money grabbers. We'll get to as many as we can before 1130 p.m. Eastern. It will be all this and more in your favorite couple hours of listening material. Remember, you can find everything show related and support the show over on the website. That's mattchristensenmedia.com. We have the show store up and running. If you want to pick up a T-shirt or a mug or a hat, we have all of those things. Plus, we have great offers from our friendly listener-owned businesses as well. This, week, uh, this week's feature business is our friends over at Hero Soap Company. Do you love freedom? Do you love being clean? Then you'll love Hero Soap Company, made in the USA, chemical and fragrance-free, a portion of each purchase donated to veteran and first responder charities. Initial subscription purchase is matched bar for bar and sent overseas to deploy troops. Let freedom clean. Hero Soap Company. That's right. When you try Hero Soap Company, not only are you getting a great smelling all natural product, not only are you supporting military service members at home and abroad, not only do bald eagles circle you in admiration of your patriotism, but when you subscribe, Hero will send their soap straight to your door each month so you never have to remember soap at the store again. And if you're not a bar soap person, no problem. Hero also offers their soaps in a liquid form as well. Hero Soap offers listeners of this show 10% off all their products using promo code MCLISTENER. That's promo code MCLISTENER for 10% off everything from Hero Soap Company. You can find everything you need from Hero Soap, plus other great offers from the rest of our friendly listener-owned businesses, including Charity Swipes, Phoenix Ammunition, Sonoran, Sonoran Defense Technologies, and more. That's at mattchristensenmedia.com slash deals. Deals by listeners for listeners. A couple of announcements before we hop into uh, the news. Um, number one, next week's show will be a little bit delayed, as is annual tradition. We will not compete with the Super Bowl. We will go. Uh, we will go live immediately after the Super Bowl, so that should be approximately one hour later than normal, about ten p.m. Eastern. Who's in the Super Bowl? Is it it the is the uh, Cincinnati Chiefs? Bengals. No, the Chiefs are not in. Although it would have been. What, like their third time in a row or something or multiple times in multiple years. Oh, so and that the, was like an okay guess. That was a pretty good guess. They almost, right. they, you know, <laughs> they lost uh, that game went to, was that one of the overtime games? I can't remember. Anyway, they lost narrowly to the Bengals and the Rams are the NFC representative. 
which belong to Los Angeles now. They do. Yes. I'm, I'm surprised you didn't claim them for your old stomping grounds of St. Louis, but not anymore. Anyway, we will be live after um, the Super Bowl. And I want to give another reminder about the, uh, the clips channels. If you'd like to catch the show in shorter segments instead of uh, one long go, the Clips channels are up and running wherever you might catch the video show. So YouTube, Rumble, BitChute, Odyssey, they're all linked at mattchristiansenmedia.com slash podcasts, the podcast page of the website, in the description as well if you want to uh, sign up and subscribe for the Clips channels. Now, speaking of football, this would have been a better transition had I not interrupted with that announcement, but... For the longest time, it's a theme of the show. I have you have declared football gay, and I have um, attempted to defend it. And that debate, I think, was settled last Pride Month, last June, when the mm. NFL proudly declared football is gay, super gay, yeah, in a new gay pride video. So it's not that I have much left to argue. If I did have anything left to argue, what remained was probably shattered uh, this week. Here's a headline from the East-West Shrine Bowl, uh, the all-star game of college football. Headline, Fort Lauderdale native Diego Fago. <laughs> Diego, F-A-G-O-T, Fago, named Shrine Bowl defensive MVP. He's a linebacker for the Navy midshipmen, and he had apparently an outstanding game and earned the honor uh, through excellent plays like this one. Listen to the TV announcers pause and carefully pronounce that last name, Diego Fago. Third and three now, though. Money down. Money area. Oh, takes a big hit from Navy's Diego Fago, who, by the way, has been breaking the wood all week in practice. He didn't see Diego Fago. You know, at the NFL level, we got to take care of the quarterbacks. Smart play by Diego Fago, who was recognized as the play- practice player of the week from that East team linebacker group. Diego Fago. He, he was bringing the wood. Bringing the wood. They have to know what they're doing, right? What, what uh, does that even mean in football terms? Hard hitting, hitting a guy hard. Yeah. So if this kid makes the NFL, he is guaranteed to end at least one broadcaster's career. Poor guy. And, um, you know, God help the broadcasters if he teams up with uh, a teammate ne- named uh, Niger, for example. Niger and Fago, unstoppable team. People will just... Um, they will forfeit so they don't have to risk pronouncing those names and ending their careers. This guy doesn't look like a faggot. <laughs> Looks straight to me. I was thinking about this. It's like on the one hand, I feel like you have to change your name. You just have to. However, I otherwise would never have known about Diego Fago were he not named Diego Fago. And now I, I'm rooting for him to have a uh, long lasting NFL career because whoever if he makes the NFL... I will attentively listen to those games just to hear the announcers try to tiptoe around that name. So maybe he should hang on to it. Yep. Anyway, um, of all the insane excuses politicians have made for violating their own lockdown and mask rules. Remember Lori Lightfoot saying she's the public face of Chicago, so she needs to get a haircut. Uh, Nancy Pelosi saying something to the effect of the salon tricked her. Into thinking that That's since right, she was the only one the in there, 
Yeah. Um, she was tricked into not wearing a mask that was captured on surveillance footage. There's Gavin Newsom at the French Laundry. And Gavin Newsom this weekend, speaking of the Rams, uh, last weekend rather, the Rams 49ers NFC Championship game, there was Gavin Newsom maskless with Magic Johnson. Turns out Eric Garcetti, the L.A. mayor, as well as the San Francisco mayor, London Breed, were also there and got a maskless photo with Magic Johnson. And this excuse or this explanation offered by L.A. Mayor Eric Garcetti is the best offered to date. He said, uh, I hold my breath during these maskless photos. It was just a photo and I hold my breath during these photo opportunities. He said, quote, I'll take personal responsibility. And if it makes you and everybody else happy or even the photographs uh, with people where I'm literally holding my breath for two seconds, I won't even do that. Garcetti told reporters at a press conference. Well, it's not about making us happy. It's about you abiding by Right. Your own rules. Your own if, rules. Yep. Making me happy would be none of this nonsense anymore. But um, I wonder, it, since it's an exception for photo ops in L.A., can I go grocery shopping while holding my breath in L.A.? Can I be seated at the restaurant table? You should try that one out. I might pass out, but uh, I don't know. I, I, if, if I want to sprint in there and see if I can make a two-minute run and get my groceries and go through the self-checkout to <laughs> see if I can test this this ability uh, to hold my breath. I should be able to do that. I think consistent with his thinking, but just to be clear here, multiple LA County and private rules were broken. LA County has a mask mandate for events with over 5,000 people in attendance, which this clearly was. And SoFi yeah. stadium, the venue, they have their own policy requiring masks, except uh, when eating or drinking, which they are not doing in this photo. Anyway, uh, as far as the major news of the weekend, we'll start with Joe Rogan and Spotify and we'll get to the truckers and GoFundMe after that. Now, we saw last weekend the cracks were starting to form a little bit with Joe Rogan and Spotify. So recall yeah. Joe put out a video sometime around the time that we were live. So we didn't get to talk about it on last week's stream. But Joe explained why he doesn't like this term misinformation. And he defended himself, but he did make some concession in the form of, I will do a better job at hosting more widely accepted viewpoints after I host a controversial viewpoint. And Spotify, last weekend we talked about, they said they were going to put warning labels on any episode that discusses coronavirus. They weren't going Oof. to remove content, but they do the old Susan wiki wiki and put a link below the material. Hey, have you seen the, the CDC or the WHO's info? Yeah, we've all seen it. We know. But the cracks are growing now. So Spotify stealthily deleted over a hundred Joe Rogan episodes from their service over the weekend. Who'd they get? I know they got Milo. What else? Did they get Milo? I, I saw Michael Malice tweeting that two of his appearances, I'm not sure how many he has total, but two were taken down. I think Alex Jones, maybe. Hmm. I, there's got to be a comprehensive list of these somewhere. The, the, the reason we know the total count, which I think as of now is 113, something like that. It, the deletions were not announced by Spotify. Instead, they were flagged by a website that monitors the show's episodes uh, as they appear or don't appear on Spotify. So Spotify has not explained what policies, if any, these episodes violated, or if that's even why they took them down. Spotify hasn't even acknowledged the deletions yet that I've seen. That's smart. So it's, uh, smart what they're doing. Maybe they're just counting on people not to notice, though obviously people are going to. There's websites 
designed to do exactly that. But um, so it, it is hard to say exactly what's going on here, but it, it is notable that the controversial interview, the mass formation psychosis interview with Robert Malone remains up. That hasn't been taken uh, down. Well, yet. that would have been too obvious, I guess. So it's hard to, it's hard to piece together what all these episodes have, uh, have in common that would cause this. But at the same time, a video has been circulating uh, over Twitter and other social media throughout the week. And it is a compilation edit of Joe Rogan saying the N word dozens of times throughout his decades long career. And I can't play that for you, but it oh, is but it's so funny. It is widely available. If you'd like to hear Joe say the N word a bunch of times, <laughs> what I can play for you is a video that Joe posted to his Instagram account yesterday morning in which he repeatedly apologizes for saying the n-word and he says there's no excuse for it and he's learned his lesson that he's never ever allowed to say this in any context ever ever again i'm making this video to talk about the most regretful and shameful thing that i've ever had to talk about publicly now i know that to most people there's no context where a white person is ever allowed to say that word. And I agree with that now. I haven't said it in years. When I would bring that word up, like if it would come up in conversation, and stay, instead of saying the N-word, I would just say the word. I thought as long as it was in context, people would understand what I was doing. It's a very unusual word, but it's not my word to use. I'm well aware of that now. I never used it to be racist because I'm not racist, but whenever you're in a situation where you have to say, I'm not racist, you fucked up. And I clearly have fucked up. I do hope that, if anything, that this can be a teachable moment. Over 12 years, I've said a lot of fucking stupid shit, which is fine when you're talking about most things, but not when you're talking about race. What does he mean? It's fine talking about anything else but race. Also, it, can we just remove the term teachable moment from the lexicon? I hate it. <laughs> I never want to hear this again. This was not as grovelly as I expected, but um, just stop apologizing. Just everybody stop apologizing. And I, and I hate this thing of like, if you have to defend yourself from being racist, uh, then you might be a racist. Who cares? Who gives a shit if you're racist? Who cares? Stop that defending is- yourself. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised you're willing to give it any credit. What what are the my are expectations the of were so different? Well, ah. um, I don't even know. I mean, I appreciate that he talked about the context in which he said these things, which I think is clearly relevant. But he didn't go after uh, the people that are trying to cancel him, which are clearly bringing this up uh, for the purpose of achieving their goals. I mean, it's just why a else weapon. would they be doing this right? Yeah, now? it's just this a is weapon. just a weapon. Yeah, and and you know. By, by apologizing, you just seemed weak to people. And then at the end, he did say, like, I'm truly sorry from the bottom of my heart or whatever. Yeah, multiple times. My most sincere apologies. Uh, I, I had to cut for time, but he also apologized for once telling a story about going to see the Planet of the Apes movie in a black neighborhood. Oh, so funny. And so inadvertently funny. implying that. Or he said it was like I was in Africa, I think is what he said. Something like that. Yeah. He listen and, to it. No, he said it's like I was in Africa and and like we were in Planet of the Apes. <laughs> so he apologized for that, too. So um, I don't want to be too harsh on Joe because on the principle of all the censorship effort here, I'm with Joe 100 percent, obviously. So 
in general, I would say Joe Rogan did nothing wrong except apologize. Apologizing. Yeah. And you could see that during Joe's last video about misinformation last weekend, uh, it, it was evident that Joe either doesn't understand these people or he's pretending that he doesn't understand them. And I think the same is true in this case. These people are not going to accept having other viewpoints on the show as any sort of appeasement. They're not going right. to accept that you've learned a lesson from your teachable moment and move on because that was their end goal. They want you banned. Yeah. If they could, they'd probably have you dead if there were no intervening factors. So these are both just weapons to try to destroy you, you being Joe. And more of these weapons are coming. So the more you kneel to these people, the more they're going to try to destroy you. So aside from the entire concept of apologizing, I hate all the individual points, too. Yeah. To your yeah. point, it's okay to say weird bullshit about any topic but race. Why? Why? What makes it a special topic that can't be talked about He's with the same... He's just appeasing the counter or the cancel culture that has come after him yeah. uh, and made himself appear weak, and now they're just going to seize on the opportunity. He's screwed. Yeah. He's going to get kicked off Spotify or that, something's going to happen. This makes... This is a move in that direction. It does make me nervous. So... Yeah, why is it a special topic that's immune from the same curiosity, honesty, and yes, wrongness? Why can we talk about other things and be flat out wrong, but not morally culpable? Mm -hmm. Yet if you do it in this case, suddenly you're a moral failure who has to apologize yeah. to all yeah. the world's people who pretend to be offended and hurt. As though anybody was actually hurt by the things that Joe Rogan said. Okay, number two, he's not sorry. He, there is no way he learned some profound lesson about race this last week by watching a montage of himself say the N-word. Yeah. He is not sorry. I don't buy that as a sincere point. You are trying to appease the mob. I understand you're under unjust attack from the mob, and I'm sympathetic with that. But you have not learned some new lesson. You feel exactly the same way you did last Sunday at this time. The only thing that's changed is, is they've come after you more aggressively. Um. We talked about this point. If someone says, so if you have to say that I'm not racist, well, then you're, you've, you've really fucked up. So if you're ever in a situation, if someone calls you racist, that is evidence of your guilt. Yeah, that's I mean, preposterous. The logic there is you guys get to tell me what to do. If you accuse me, I'm guilty. I must do what you say. No, you built the show into a wild success. Not them. Do what you say because it's clearly successful. Never do what they say because they're miserable people who have never built anything. They only know how to destroy. Mm -hmm. And so, again, I, I, I want to emphasize I can sympathize with Joe on the ridiculousness of, of the attack. It sucks to be um, the target of the mob. In fact, I'm a little bit jealous because he's the king of the hit pieces right now and I can't yes. get one. So congratulations, Joe. You I don't want to be too to critical. But I think you're right that the apology is really the first step toward cancellation, because now that you've granted that they have a point, you've granted the, pre the premise for punishment. Exactly. Yeah. And that's what it makes me really weird. Anybody here. anyway, you're just no, admitting fault. I would hope that people who love Joe's show would become hardened in their support by this. There's nobody who hated Joe who is going to be motivated to hate him anymore by this. It doesn't matter. The other benefit, <laughs> there are montages of lots of people saying the N-word circulating Twitter in the last week, including, have you seen the Young Turks montage? Really? My God, a mm -hmm. lot of N-words have come out of that show. I really, frankly, at this point, we have to catch up. 
You know, you worry like, oh man, I think there was like three or four times. Anna ha- has said it at least a dozen times. You can go watch it. Has she? In what context? Well, in fairness to them. But as Joe's saying, and they agree with, the context doesn't matter. There's no context in which you can say it. They used to have a segment in which they would ridicule or criticize racists. And so people who used the yeah. slur, they would just say the slur. So I can't say Joe Rogan said nigger. Whoa. No. <laughs> I don't have a dump button. I mean, what am I you're, supposed to do here? You're quoting people Joe. that have gone on the Internet have already ruined their lives. And everybody has said something that they regret. Uh, yeah. The key is when people bring up stuff that you've said that you regret, say, I apologize for nothing. I apologize for nothing. Can one person do that? Can one person just A say dream of the day? Well, and even if you regret what you say, still don't apologize. My viewpoints have changed. I regret nothing. I'm not sorry. Yeah, I, I said some stuff. He's yeah. never even talking about a specific person. It's like, to whom are you even apologizing? Who? I, I'm sorry, if you're so fragile that you just hear the utterance of the N-word, not even directed at you in any way, and it breaks you, you got to grow up. The world's much tougher than that. I'm sorry. You're going to have to. Well, nobody actually you, feels that way. Exactly. It's just a weapon. It's just a weapon. Yeah. But, um. But yeah, I, I was and very black people always talking about white fragility, but like the utterance of a word is just, will just decimate their self-esteem, supposedly. I, the in whole fairness, concept is preposterous. I don't, I don't have a demographic breakdown here, but most of the people I've seen anecdotally who are offended about this are your typical white Twitter blue checks. It is not um, it doesn't strike me as a, 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 a mob of color that's actually mad about this it is a bunch of white people claim picking up the sword for their uh for their um oppressed racial allies well we all knew this was coming with joe rogan i mean the, it took this long yeah yeah um the question is like what is spotify going to do now they're going to um have to file for bankruptcy didn't tim pool d- dive into this a little bit and like without joe rogan they're going to be screwed they'll well, still have to pay out his question. contract i think like i I'm not trusting any big tech company on matters of principle, but just on the contractual issue, I thought there's no way they're backing off this because hundred million dollars, just too big of an investment to cut loose or to potentially pay a guy to go away. Now though, I'm wondering if they might actually do it or if they might chip away enough at Joe deleting enough of his episodes or something like that, that he just gets pissed and there's some kind of conflict between the two that ends up costing them. I, I would be awesome if Joe Rogan got to get out of a Spotify contract Come back to YouTube or start another platform. He can go on Rumble or whatever. People will yeah. follow him faithfully. Oh, they will. And then come out of it with the value of his contract. He would be in such great shape. He is bigger than Spotify. Yeah, he can go yeah. wherever he wants. But this obviously continues to unfold. So we will keep an eye on it. And surely uh, I'm sure we'll have more to say about it later in the week. But so stupid. We have a, a fairly long conversation with um, with the... Freedom Convoy spokesman Benjamin Dichter to get to. And there's a lot going on up in Canada. Uh, so I figure it might be a good time to get to that earlier rather than later. So um, so let's go ahead and do that. And uh, it's it's like I said, it's a lengthy interview because we had so much to talk about. But there's so many things going on with GoFundMe and the Ottawa police and everything else going on with the Freedom Convoy. So um, so we'll talk to Benjamin Dichter. It's about a 25 minute interview. And we'll see you on the other side.
continue until freedom improves. And welcome back. We are pleased to host our guest for the evening, Benjamin Dichter, spokesman for the Canadian Freedom Convoy, the official Jen Psaki for truckers. Can I call you that? <laughs> Benjamin, thank you for making time for us, um, especially after what was apparently an incredibly eventful end to the week. I, I saw that you had a, a car crash and I thought that was the source of your injury in addition to this GoFundMe stuff. But now you're telling mm-hmm. me it's two separate incidents, so it's like all the world's bad luck in one day or two <laughs> for you. Yeah, it, the car crash was two days ago. The The following day was the uh, shattering my ankle. Um, but, you know, it is what it is. What are you going to do? You can't let things like that bother you. But I did love that car. I loved that car. Oh, What are you no. going to do? Yeah. Well, it, um, it certainly won't be replaced through GoFundMe, at least <laughs> <as of> right <laughs> now. That's the major development of the weekend. GoFundMe's cancellation of the the Freedom Convoy fundraiser. And correct me if I'm wrong, but my understanding is it raised something in the neighborhood of $10 million. And in the last 48 hours or so, GoFundMe has said they refused to to deliver the funds, initially saying uh, we are going to, unless you direct us, people who donated, unless you direct us to refund your money, we're going to give it to a charity of our choosing then they got what a whole bunch of backlash and now they say they're going to refund people automatically. What's the status? Well, well then they go, well, a couple of things happened first. Uh, we've switched to another platform, which I'll tell you about in a second. And that platform, uh, put out on Twitter suggesting to people, this is what you do request a chargeback from GoFundMe because that way it'll cost them $15 each chargeback. <laughs> and if you multiply it, it works out to a million dollars. Wow. I GoFundMe would be out of pocket. So they know what to do. And then up comes Ron DeSantis and the attorney general of Florida saying, yeah, there might be a cause for prosecution and fraud of GoFundMe. So we're going to open an investigation. These bastards. I was wondering what it was because they said uh, back. No, donor feedback. That's what they said. Donor feedback. But you got to think there's some legal component or a financial penalty like you're talking about. That has to motivate them much more than you uh, evil Nazi Confederate truckers would. Clearly. Well, the the um, uh, what's it called the communist? I mean, mayor of Ottawa uh, put it, it, he's he's an idiot. But he went on to Twitter and he posted that uh, a thank you to GoFundMe for listening to the city council of Ottawa's concerns and for canceling the GoFundMe campaign. So I think that's pretty much a direct admission as to what was going on. I thought GoFundMe was getting brigaded. But it turned out it was uh, direct political pressure coming from, at the very least, the mayor of uh, Ottawa, who is very close with Trudeau and the Liberal Party. Wow. I had not heard that. Crazy. That's pretty yeah. incredible. Yeah. And of course, GoFundMe is saying you guys have turned into an occupation. That is their their <laughs> rationale. But funny, the, um, the occupation that was Chaz... Almost yes. two years ago in Seattle. Not only was that fine on GoFundMe, GoFundMe promoted it on their <gasps> official Twitter account. Did hey, would you like really? to yeah, help us support Chop? And part of the video of promo is a giant, you know, makeshift sign 
that says this space is now property of, of Chaz. Literally, property, not just yeah. occupation, the seizure of property. That was fine to promote yeah. on GoFundMe's official channel. People but you got guys killed are in Chaz. Multiple. Yeah, but, Ch- but Chaz yeah. was... The problem was Chaz was mostly peaceful. We're entirely peaceful. You have to have some some people getting killed. If you do that, then you're good to go. Then it's a real Yeah, protest. really. What is yeah. Trudeau going to do? Do you think he's going to address this? Because I hate to say this, the optics of that would be really terrible. It's just like families holding hands and singing songs. It's like, go break this up. I would love to see what people do if you break this up, Trudeau. Well, what's interesting and quite terrifying is like I've been involved in politics in Canada. I ran for the Conservative Party. So I know what, well, sorry, what was the Conservative Party when it was conservative? And so I know a lot of these people, how they operate. We all talk and I know a lot of journalists. And apparently what happened internally in the Liberal Party is Trudeau, or as I call him, Fidel Jr., wants nothing more than for there to be violence. And he apparently was losing his temper. So his inner circle, you know, Jerry and Omar, the PMO staff, basically told him, Justin, we're going to find a political solution to this, meaning we're going to cut their funding through GoFundMe. Mm-hmm. Why don't you go on vacation? And so first they said he is uh, he has te- tested negative for COVID. So he's going to quarantine. Then 24 hours later, he was going to go on vacation to Tofino. And then 24 hours after that, he tested positive for COVID mm. and had to isolate. Convenient. So that's what we're waiting. Yeah, we're waiting for him to come out of hiding and maybe he'll see his shadow and he'll make a decision. Wow. Meanwhile, all he's done is smear you guys as yeah. hateful, fringe, minority, whatever else. Um, on the topic of the hateful people, the uh, <laughs> Confederate man and, and all the rest, do you think uh, is he a plant or or what's the nature of the the hateful people that are walking around? Is it a hoax? Are they fake or, or what's going on there? I, I don't know if it's hateful people or maybe person. I think that's the first thing. The one guy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like the Confederate flag is hysterical because uh, this is Canada. I but, know. But that's completely in line with the uh, the amount of his- historical knowledge that people on the political left have. So I wouldn't be surprised. Right. The guy with the Confederate flag was booed and smeared, which I actually don't agree with either. But you know, I, there are people who have families that fought during the Confederacy for legitimate reasons, right? Um, but anyways, there, they, there are people who gave him a hard time because they knew this was just somebody trying to plant a smear on them. And my suspicion was uh, he was wearing a black balaclava. So that must have been Justin Trudeau looking exactly <laughs> like him, right? Um, and then there was uh, the hoax hate swastika. Yeah. And uh, it was some guy in the back of a truck in the far parking lot, nowhere near any of the protest areas. And it just so happens a guy was taking a picture who looked exactly like Justin Trudeau's uh, chief photographer, like twins. It's amazing mm-hmm. how that happens. Right. Hmm. You think maybe they're related? I mean, I don't know. I don't know definitively. But these are the types of games that go on. And then all the NGOs and, you know, diversity groups and whatever that are aligned with the Liberal Party, then the smear machine uh, starts up. And I happen to know a lot of those people. So I've been just tooling them in my interviews and online. And I've been very aggressive because I don't care. (laughs) And, And it's working. Yeah, that's what they've done. They've conditioned us to not care. And people that don't care, maybe they are more dangerous than they than they think we are. 
Maybe. Well, yeah. we ju- you know, we just had a meeting with our uh, our legal team and accountants. Uh, they want to go over the press releases and different strategies, and they have no idea how my strategy operates. And I, I give them a little bit of an idea. And they said, you know, we need to do a press release to respond because they're calling us white supremacists and all that sort of stuff. And I said, listen, the minute you do that, you're stepping into their frame. Mm-hmm. We're owning the frame. And the reason we own the frame is because the CBC and the Toronto Star, our fake news, I banned them from our press conferences. And they went crazy. And it was beautiful. They couldn't handle it. So what I'm trying to do is prop up independent journalists, uh, smaller creators, guys like yourself. And it's been working really well. And we had our, our we're going to have a second one tomorrow. That's what I'm going to do after this is send the invites. Our first press conference was two and a half hours long, not 15 minutes. There was no CBC coming in with their 30 foot tall phallic symbol of a camera and five people and taking half the floor space and calling us names because they're going to do that anyway. So it's just disruptive. And what's going to happen? They're going to do a story and nobody watches it. Right. There's no upside for me. Right. Like you guys dwarf the CBC. You, you yourselves. I don't know about that. Maybe on the Canadian exchange, we do a little bit better. But, uh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I asked one of these uh, veteran um, uh, reporters who I've known for quite a long time, you know, right wing, so center, right, conservative, objective, but really good journalist. And I said to him, his name's Andrew Lawton. He works for True North. Mm-hmm. And I said, Andrew, how was that press conference? Like this format that I did, did you like it? And he says, that was the best press conference I've ever had you because what my philosophy was ask we're going to sit back we're gonna have coffee you ask us anything and we have all the time in the world you want five hours six hours I don't care if we don't know the answer we'll tell you if we know the answer we will tell you and that's it and that's I think how it should be but maybe I'm crazy right what uh what were the actions of the CBC and the Toronto Star specifically why them why did they get the ban Okay, so the Toronto Star, um, Jordan Peterson posted this um, this cartoon meme that was uh, really disparaging towards truckers. You know, typical you know n- Nazis referring them to Nazis and all that sort of stuff. And here's the people who feed you in the country. You're calling them Nazis. Yeah. Um, and the CBC. I mean, I just don't like them. So I figured, <laughs> <laughs> why invite them anyways? But they both were also running stories the entire week in the very beginning with GoFundMe, because we did get a million dollars out of GoFundMe. And oh, okay. they, were ru- they were running this story saying that, um, yeah, these, uh, the hateful, you know, white supremacists who are dancing in the streets feeding the homeless, they are being blocked by, um, uh, by GoFundMe. They've been frozen from the very beginning, like the first day. Uh, because of, you know, nefarious entities associated with this group. And, you know, the team around me said, we need to respond to us. I said, no, 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 let them dig their own grave. I've used GoFundMe before. I know they have certain protocols and banking regulations, and it takes seven to 10 days, and they always drag their feet. So just let them do it. Yeah. So they ran this, it became almost a national story that these white supremacists were being, you know, blocked by GoFundMe. And then when the funds got released, I had the press release ready saying, thank you for GoFundMe. You've been great to work with as we've been 
trading our paperwork back and forth, we're really confused why the fake news media would be running this story, these stories, why you blocked us. But maybe that's a lesson for everybody else not to watch the fake news because it's bad for your mental health. Hmm. <laughs> Wanted to ask you a little bit more about this Ottawa. Well, I guess you well, tell I'm, me I'm making Matt uncomfortable. I can see he's already getting a little uneasy. <laughs> oh, no. I, I do it all the time. Matt is uncomfortable for a living. It's fine. <laughs> I suppose there's some truth between all of you in the chat. You know, there's never <laughs> there's never a moment to rest. But yeah. um, you mentioned the politics of Ottawa. And I wanted to yeah. touch on that a little bit because now you have the Ottawa police chief saying uh, there's a potential for military intervention, although it was totally unclear what was meant by that. Mm-hmm. But this is reported in the Toronto Star. Ottawa police may seek military assistance as Freedom Convoy protesters dig in. Do you know what that's about or what to expect? I do. And I think that's how you know it's fake. It was reported in the Toronto Star. That's oh, the first well, fair enough. Right? Next question. Yeah. Yeah, uh, really. The the uh, police chief is a lunatic. Um, I have a brother who's a police officer and a nephew who's a police officer. So I'm, I'm very much in that culture and I know how they operate. And we all know how to talk to each other sort of thing. The ground, um, the ground forces, the frontline police officers have been great. You know, they were a little bit worried the first couple of days because they didn't know where things would go. But so many of these truckers are from veteran backgrounds or veteran families. They have family in policing. They understand the importance of community. They all have families, that sort of thing, right? Kids and stuff like that. And it was amazing the amount of community outreach that they did in terms of cleaning up the city, cleaning up garbage, uh, just being good to other people. And um, very quickly, the police realized that, okay, this isn't your usual, you know, BLM, Antifa trash. Uh, These are actually educated people uh, who know how to behave in society. So there was a time, uh, I think it was the first Sunday night, they were considering moving on the truckers. And they did what they they do, a a bump intel thing. Cops do all the the time. They're just kind of reading people around and saying, you know, what are you guys doing tonight? And... um, I said, uh, I wasn't me as some people I know were on the ground said, uh, nothing. We are going to, uh, there's nothing planned. We're just parked here. That's it. We're mm-hmm. going to sleep. And they asked a number of us saying, you have any, no, there's, we're just here waiting for Justin Trudeau and, you know, taking care of the city, cleaning it up and that's it. So, uh, the police realized very quickly that, okay, this isn't a, uh, you know, mostly peaceful protest. And they backed off. And 30 minutes later, the few battalions that had been lining up uh, just got in their cars and drove away. It was amazing. It's been quiet ever since. Well, now you got the chief threatening to investigate and prosecute any of those friendly cops. Uh, They can't bring you food or water or anything like that. Uh, What would be the crime uh, with which to charge them if they did bring you a sandwich? Uh, I don't know. (laughs) I have no idea. He... um, I, I did put on Twitter a prediction. My prediction about Aaron O'Toole, which we can talk about later, was correct. And I think this one will be correct. I basically said uh, the soon to retire to be with his, home with his family police chief of Ottawa uh, is likely going to take early retirement. And community policing is about de-escalation, not escalating directly into conflict. So the mm-hmm. fact that he's still there is shocking. And you talk about uh, a police force that is not behind their chief now, uh, you, can, you can feel it in the air. And they, mm. they're great. They're coming fist bumping, hanging out, whatever. And um, it's been just a great vibe the entire time. And the police seem quite relaxed. Uh, 
you know, there's, uh, we haven't seen any, like we, we saw zero, zero incidents. And since the trucks came in, <laughs> the report came out, crime has gone down. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah, it's amazing. Well, that's uh, an obstacle for the narrative, I suppose. Um, yeah. Before we run out of time, I want to make sure that people are aware how they can support you um, if perhaps they've already donated to the GoFundMe and they get refunded or if they haven't supported yet and they want to know how to do that now that GoFundMe has uh, ended your relationship. What's the best way to do it? Well, we um, switched over to Give, Send, Go, which is a competitor to, um, to GoFundMe. Smaller operation. We know the CEO personally. And he set up the, um, the give, send, go for us Great. and immediately got brigaded with DOD attacks. Mm. And uh, also the amount of donations well overloaded their server and bandwidth. So we got uh, what we got one and a half million dollars so far in the first 12 hours, I think it was. And that's all they could process. Because wow. I couldn't get on the website for seven hours. I would get an error every time just because it was so overloaded. And you guys are an unsupported time, fringe minority, though. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well, we're not blackface diversity. What can I tell you? <laughs> and the um, we also have a large number of people. I mean, they see on my profile, I put Bitcoin and then in the Bitcoin space. By the way, buy Bitcoin, guys. Um so we had some people reaching out to me on the entire week saying, Hey, we're collecting Bitcoin for you. And not just one group, multiple groups. And one I just met today is they're very um, established and well-known figures in the Bitcoin space. And so far, I think they set it up yesterday. They set up uh, the equivalent of GoFundMe, but in the, the Bitcoin space. And last I checked, I think it's about $120,000 in Bitcoins already nice. been contributed. Wow. Uh, I opened a wallet while I was in the hospital. I'm thinking, okay, well, what can I do? I got to do something. And I'm with a bunch of, I mean, I love them, but they're, they're basically boomers. I mean, they're, they're Gen X, but they're boomers. <laughs> so they don't know what Bitcoin is. I'm like, I, I got to do something. So I'm in bed waiting to go into the x-ray room. I'm like, okay, I'm going to set up a wallet specifically for this. I went into the x-ray room, I came out and there was $2,000 in there just by doing one post on Twitter. So people are very motivated. Yeah. And the reason is, and I want to answer something you guys are probably wondering. uh, Is it a PSYOP? That's question number one. Is it a PSYOP? Blonde, it's not a PSYOP. I was listening to that in my (laughs) truck and I'm like, oh, what the hell? Blonde, no. (laughs) Not everything. I'm so cynical, okay? It just just had to occur to me. And it's, it's, you know, already going to get, it's going to get infiltrated, but you guys are on it. So you really got to take that as a compliment. And I I hope that you're able to forward (laughs) that message to everybody involved here that, um, we are all so jaded and it's so refreshing <laughs> to see something that is um, just people standing up for themselves, making yeah. a difference, organizing that that concept is so far removed that you see that and you think, well, it's got to be that the powers that be want me to enjoy Nefarious this. There's gotta, forces there's are There's got to be some evil here. angle. Yeah. That's why you should take it as a compliment because yeah. you've achieved no, no, the right. unachievable. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, you know, when you do it with a positive narrative and a positive vibe, uh, some amazing things happen. Like you talk, like our country, you guys wouldn't know this because Canada is, it's really not important. Let's be honest. Um, but Canada's always had this issue with, um, with separatist movements in Quebec 
and now forming in Alberta and the Quebecers hate the Albertans and Saskatchewan's hate the Maritimes. Everybody hates each other. Right. Um, but the first day I was here, I couldn't believe it. I saw people, you know, the government's been playing all these little tricks. We're going to block this bridge and this highway. And Ooh, there's an oil spill spill on the 416. Hmm. No cars for three days. Like that sort of nonsense. Right. But when I finally got in here, those people in Quebec who, by the way, couldn't leave their house. You know how authoritarian it's been there. Viva Fry's been talking about. Yeah. They decided, screw it. They left their cars on the bridge. They got out and they walked into Ontario. And there was thousands of them. I have a picture of it. Holding a Quebec flag and a Canadian flag. Walking up to Parliament Hill to meet their brothers from Alberta and Saskatchewan. They started hugging each other. And he's, I took some pictures of guys that one is holding a sign that says freedom. The other says liberté. And these, these are the two people who are supposed to hate each other. Yeah. And even wow. this morning, we went to Tim Hortons because we're Canadian. <laughs> and oh, I didn't. But, you know, the girl who went was here with me went to get Tim Hortons for us. And she said to me, I, I saw it again. I was in line. There were two truckers, one guy French. One guy, she said, he looks like he's from Alberta or Saskatchewan or whatever, from the prairies. And they were talking to each other, but one didn't speak English, one didn't speak French. They were using Google Translate. And you could tell they've been doing this for a few days, so they're hanging out with each other. Now, what is Google Translate saying? I don't know. He, he is white supremacist. I don't know. Yeah, exactly. The fact that, we should yeah. surrender immediately and go home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and then the, the other thing was, in relation to that, it was, it was so amazing for us. Like I love, you know, there, you know, there's a lot of Canadians in urban centers that have this angst about the United States. Mm -hmm. I love the U S I, I think it's, it's the greatest country in the world. And, um, I couldn't believe, you know, how patriotic Americans are, right. There was a convoy that started a few days ago in the U S yeah, yeah. going up to the, it was the Montana border yeah. and they were decked out with Canadian flags yeah think about that yeah yeah that is amazing you know yeah, the, oh, I'm, I'm not an advocate of diversity in any sense of the world but if, <laughs> if, if we can all get together to uh, band against the federal government now there is something that's that's, that's right. the yeah, real goodbye. unity that matters and you guys are achieving <laughs> it, it really is um, we are up against the clock so we will all have right. to end it there but that is our guest benjamin dichter official jen Saki of the canadian freedom <laughs> convoy um benjamin where should people go if they want to learn more about the convoy or they want to follow you personally? Is there any sort of link you want to shout out before we let you go? Uh, yes. Go to give, send, go and search for the, uh, the convoy to Canada. Um, also the way we've been subverting the censorship is we didn't create a centralized, you know, Twitter accounts yeah. or Facebook, or whatever we've been using our personals and changing these dynamic hashtags and just changing them up a little bit once in a while. So follow my Twitter or Tamara's Twitter are really the main ones. And then the Quiggin report for updates on security and all that sort of stuff. So BJ Dichter is one Twitter account. Um, the other is Tamara underscore MVC. And the last one is at Quiggin report on Twitter. And yes, qu Twitter is leftist hell. That's why I'm using it. Cause I know if we get the leftists angry, then I can bait them into all of this stuff. Yep. All right. Well, thank you for making time for us. And thanks for fighting the good fight. Appreciate it. We're going to bring it to the U.S. next, buddy. <laughs> Actually, Australia. I got to get on the phone with them in an hour. So <laughs> good luck. That good. That's the one yeah. thing you can't achieve. 
Not happening. <laughs> well, they, ha- they have road trains. Good luck. Tr- good luck towing you're, the road You're train. going straight to the quarantine camp is what's happening. <laughs> See you there. All right, guys. Thanks again to our guest, Benjamin Dichter, spokesman for the Canadian Freedom Convoy. I have posted a link to the Give, Send, Go account for the uh, Freedom Convoy atop the description. If you're able to support, that's great. Uh, it would be nice to make sure that the the Freedom Convoy doesn't lose money because of this GoFundMe fiasco. But, yeah, really. um, but we'll see what we can do. It looks like they've already raised creeping on four million bucks just in the last 48 nice. hours or so do you think and this you, chargeback thing is gonna hurt gofundme well they, they've averted it i think by automatically refunding but i guess if people preempt that if they yeah. go if they do That's it what before, he was saying right i guess maybe i misunderstood but mm. i mean yeah i what they're doing uh what they originally planned to do is outright fraud what they're doing <laughs> now is just a walk it's back just really from, sketchy so, <laughs> They they baited you on fraudulent terms. I don't see a problem with with doing a chargeback, but yeah, that's awesome. But if you do head over to the um, Give Send Go page, understand it is very high traffic, and it has been targeted with DDoS attacks, uh, trying to boot it offline throughout the weekend. Looks like it's working right now, but if it's not working at the moment that you try, just give it a refresh. Try back a little bit later. It should uh, it should be working. And as uh, during the break, I was monitoring some of the news on Twitter. It looks like there's been some police intervention developing at the Freedom Convoy outside of Parliament. The, so there was some kind of police raid to stop people from supplying gasoline uh, and other other items. So I don't have all the news, but uh, this is rapidly changing. We have potential police intervention going on in Ottawa as we speak. So obviously Good check back grief. on that. The terrorists are being brought to justice. We got them, ladies and gentlemen. Hand-holding families. This is ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, we are definitely due for a break. So let's take one before we t- hop into um, all the uh, Joe Biden-related stories and the uh, Amir Locke shooting. Sure. I'm reloading. If you have sure. anything up right now. Uh, I can get Tippy Stream going, but I need to reload uh, a refresh as well. Let's see what we got. All right. I'm ready. Um, Long down, John. It's only 14 days to slow the spread of tyranny. Just comply and it'll be over. Yeah, I just thought if I got the vaccine that they would leave me alone. <laughs> Holden Mulray, um, in those days, there was no king in Israel. Everyone did what was right in his own eyes. That's judges. Every way of a man is right in his own eyes, but the Lord weighs the heart. Always coming at us with the good Bible verses. We appreciate it because we're not as diligent as we should be. I don't know. I can't speak for you, but... I haven't been great lately. I have. Uh, I've become a biblical scholar in the last week. In actually. the last few weeks. Yep. Hmm. Thank you. Hold that. Appreciate it. Rocky Mountain Monk. Hi, guys. Happy Black Hysteria Month. Would you consider doing a movie style review of Showtime's upcoming racist hate screed series? Everything's going to be all white. This is Skag's wheelhouse. Like he will 
he would rather watch the world's just worse cringe than Casablanca or some sort of cinematic masterpiece. Cringe is its own genre. I'm not saying it's the genre, but it is a genre for enjoyment. Yeah. That's insane. Didn't you see the one where they um, murdered all the right wing people? The Hunt? Did you watch no, that? No, I haven't watched that. And then oh, what, wasn't there a Karen movie that was supposed to come out? We watched the trailer for that. Oh, it has that typecast white trash forehead girl. Yeah. I want to see that one too. What is her name? Live chat, help me out here. If you're um, looking for the most epic cringe movie of similar political themes, the movie Cuck that came out uh, two or three years ago, basically unwatchable. But if you have thoughts, uh, if you if you are a, a cringe connoisseur as I am, uh, you might enjoy that one. Do you ever drink kombucha or like probiotic drinks? No, my wife is into that stuff, but I'd rather just I'd rather just drink pickle juice and I don't like pickle juice. I mean, normally I like kombucha, but th- this is the worst. This tastes like what I'd imagine an Indian person's butthole tastes like. It's just the most <laughs> disgusting. That's thing spicy. Ever. We're talking just, like ugh. green curry, yellow curry, all the curries. This, but it tastes like sewer trash. Um, hmm. Taryn Manning. Thank you. Thank you, live chat. Hmm. You know the Taryn Manning girl? From, uh, is she the Karen? one from the Karen movie? I don't know. She is. Uh, okay. Uh, Daniel Kunkel, I've gone three years without alcohol, not for lack of thinking about it occasionally in these insane times, but I refrain. Besides, all that money I used to spend on bourbon can now be spent on ammo. Good for you. Three Congratulations. Years. That's a long time. Great to hear. We love you. Esoterica Unbound. You're very special. Oops, um, Esoterica Unbound. This week I was in LA for meetings, which the host organizations have been requesting for organizers have been requesting for months arrived uh, arrived with sniffles and a cough knew it was only a head cold since i was vaxxed 60 days ago and tested positive 30 days ago showed my papers but checked have some symptoms on their covid checklist you always lie what are you doing wasn't allowed on the campus so the day's meeting was moved to a contractor facility with no checklist the next day i was directed to check no <laughs> symptoms and so was allowed on campus the covid uh, yeah. kabuki um safety first follow the science yeah while flying, listen to needle points on Jordan B. Peterson's podcast. It's an excellent history of the last 24 months of this BS. Hmm. So you got vaccinated. And then to deal with all the stuff surrounding COVID, you listen to Jordan B. Peterson's take on vaccinations. God help me. You're really baiting blonde. Unbound. But, <laughs> but you just Thank gave you. us a bunch of money. So I'm to button up these lips. Thank you for supporting the show. Appreciate it. We do appreciate I am not that. I bought me in. <laughs> Bernie, they're coming after you, Bernie. Uh, I bought PN. No, no. Thank you, sir. Biden's ask rack. Mm. Show me some hairy legs and break out the Parmesan cheese. Canada convoy. That was four days ago. Five days ago. Hacky, sacky, circle back. That was four days ago. Five days ago. (laughs) Let's go, Brandon. Who's Brandon? What happened? Where am I? That's too many. That's just too many Biden quotes. I can't keep up with all those. (laughs) Most of those are real. Uh, Philip Buckler, a big donation. Thank you, Bucky. Major Philip Buckler refusing orders to wear a mask in uniform statements. Winning on mask in the army means winning on mask and vaccines everywhere. Watch and share on Rumble and Real Mask Science. This is Major Philip Buckler. Well done. I really appreciate that. Thank you for finding your balls. Thanks for supporting the show. And and of course, I, I did receive your email and I would like to know updates to the story as you go on this journey. If um, Is he getting the boot? What's happening? Well, that is to be determined as far as I understand. Mm. But he's taking a stand and he's chronicling a lot of this and he's making video content. So um, it's, it's Philip Buckler if you want to follow that. 
And of Sorry course, I called you Bucky. That was <laughs> And as this develops, yeah, please do keep me informed because I'd like to uh, to see what happens here. I've, ser- I've heard all sorts of conflicting things across different branches or different services in the military. Some people saying, yeah, they will... They will dishonorably discharge me if I don't uh, get in line for the vaccine. And other people saying, I just haven't really said anything about it. No one seems to care. That's true. We do get that message a lot. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know exactly what's going on. I assume it varies by where you're serving, what you're doing, all those sorts of things. But thank you for taking a stand. Appreciate it. Robin D. Banks, give send go in the info box below. Am I retarded? Uh, I I, I put it... did I? Is it I, is it give send go? Is that what it, it's called? It is give send go. I oh, thought I okay. put the link atop the description. If I forgot to do that, I'll check that after the stream and make sure it's uh, in there for watching later. It says like give send go. It's not. Yeah. It's not all scrunched. And if so I, I if confused. I forgot the link in the description, I will do it later. Fear not. Um, I went didn't want to tell my grandkids that during the great honking, I didn't man up enough to click a link. No, I was a toilet paper delivery truck tail gunner. Hey, that's cool that you went. Do you think he actually went? I, that he would. He was not. A, wait, wait, wait. Let's separate fact from fiction. That looks like a, that's a forecast for the future where he's going to guard the toilet paper in the big rig with a mounted oh. gun. Okay. This is that not a real a war story. It's a forthcoming. I thought he one. was. He was actually telling us that he went, and as an addendum, this is going to happen in future. Oh, maybe. Maybe I'm misunderstanding what's real and what's a forecast. Also, is uh, Robin D. Banks a chick? Are I don't you a chick, know, Robin. I don't know. Uh, Bane Koof, last one for right now. Joe is an N-word cuck. Also need crypto wallets and Sengo is overwhelmed. I think that that he does have Bitcoin. He talks about it in our interview a little bit. You can check out his Twitter if you want to donate right now. I'm sure his Bitcoin link is on his Twitter, but I don't know if we have it linked in the info. He has been posting. It's at BJ Dichter, (laughs) D-I-C-H-T-E-R. No laughing. I'm sorry. I did ask him some questions about his name, and it turns out that he's tall, so nobody made fun of him, just in yeah. case anybody's worried. Um, let's circle back. It's not Diego Fago, okay? BJ Dictor? <laughs> like, like no one's going to say anything about that? He's doing the Lord's work. I will That's not true. ridicule such a, okay. such a okay. delightful man. <sighs> That's so fun. We're going to... All right. Um, and now he's never coming back on the show again. Now we've done it. <laughs> he likes our show. I'm sure he can take it in stride. That's true. I, I knew when he got in touch with us and he had all the references. He said, first of all, tell Blonde it's not a psyop. Second of all, I've been deliberately using the phrase hoax hate in the press conferences so that we can forward that terminology. So we're just going to jam our show into the, the modern zeitgeist. One of us. We're going to do that. One it's of us. Yeah. Uh, over on Tippy Stream real quick. Uh, Phil says, I'm quoting Aaron McIntyre. Is that a... I always have to be careful with Phil. I don't know who that is. Uh, The side that wants to win will always beat the side that wants to be left alone. I suppose there's truth to that. I mean, at some point, there's only so much ground to retreat. That is acknowledged. and, And at some point, you no longer have a moral obligation to retreat if you have one in the first place. I mean, that's the fundamental principle of stand your ground versus duty to retreat as a matter of self defense in the law. So, uh, yeah, I, that point is not lost on me. Phil says, never apologize to your enemies. Joe, for all the good he has done, is basically a normie, a non-soy face Bernie bro, as it were. And you notice he's a, he yeah. is a Bernie bro. Where are the Bernie bros rushing to the defense of Joe Rogan? Yeah, for real. Even um, though Bernie has basically said the N-word. 
That's true. I never know how much to alienate people that I disagree with that are kind of doing what I want them to do by by shifting the cultural narrative. Like, Joe Rogan, what do we have in common? Basically nothing. But I still kind of like the guy, even though he's short. I, As we've talked about, his ability to have productive conversations with people of a ton of different perspectives, fantastic. And I will always have respect for him for that reason. I think he does a great job of that. Um, I don't have to agree or even understand his political philosophy to appreciate yeah, that. That's true. Yeah. So Phil says, uh, related to Rogan, the regime controls the definition of fascism and racism. Both terms should recognize, uh, both terms should be recognized as the new terms for rhetoric or no, for heretic. Sorry. You know how tippy stream is always impossible to read my, uh, apology. No amount of fawning over Candace Owens or saying that the Dems are the real racists is going to bring down that regime. Yeah. It, yeah. This whole, I, I'll prove to you I'm not racist. You don't understand. It's an unfalsifiable accusation. Exactly. exactly. The, the, the evidence is irrelevant, just like a lot of their beliefs. Michu says, I am super white and my wife is really dark. Uh, she thought white people dropping hard R's was hilarious. She was happy she got me to drop one. Uh, drop one for her before she passed. Well, I'm sorry to, to hear that. Um, I think, uh, yeah, as I recall, you had, you had mentioned that earlier, Michu. So I'm very sorry to hear it, but I'm glad to hear that she had a sense of humor. And as yeah. I was mentioning, I don't see a lot of, um, supposedly oppressed black people lining up against Joe Rogan. It's just a bunch of elitist, uh, high rise dwelling white people on Twitter. Yeah. A couple from Phil here and then, and then we'll get back to the news. Joe was right. Uh, being in a black, <laughs> <laughs> what? joe was what? right going to a movie in a in a diverse neighborhood is an excellent time and everyone should really enjoy it and even though he watched planet of the apes there it was nothing like planet of the apes in any way that's what phil says he, he knows from experience <laughs> phil says the new posters for the lord <laughs> the lord of the rangs uh, our enemy will try and kill everything you, you wrote it wrong phil it's as I saw it, I can't claim credit. It's Laud uh, Laud uh, Demrangs, I think is what it is. <laughs> Laud uh, Demrangs. Our enemies will try and kill everything we value and then wear its corpse as a skin suit. They have already subverted our churches, our history, and our politicians. Now the myths are next. Did you see the the? It's some kind of Lord of the Rings reboot, and the cast is almost exclusively black people. No. Slash racial minorities. Yes, this is real. What? I know it's real because I saw a picture on Twitter. That's how I know it's real. I believe it to be real. Someone might want to fact check me on that. Mm. I think. Uh, all right. Yeah, we will. Um, we'll come back to these later. Appreciate the chance, guys. Um, I'll have to just circle back with you. And we'll get back into the news. I want to talk some Joe Biden topics. Specifically, uh, there were two jobs reports out this week that were drastically different. And I didn't. I don't understand how. How can they come to sure. drastically different conclusions? I, I would like an explanation if you have one. Yeah. OK, so this is from the government, the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They released a report on Friday uh, that said that four hundred and sixty seven thousand jobs were added in January, but it's seasonally adjusted. I'll explain what that is in a few minutes. Now, this is a total that doubles the highest of 78 expert expectations hmm. and the ADP, which is automatic data processing. They're using actual job numbers 
This is actual data. And their report from two days ago shows a loss of 301,000 jobs in January. So the Bureau of Labor Statistics numbers are 768,000 more jobs than actual data from ADP. <laughs> what ADP said, private payrolls fell by 301,000 for the month, well below the Dow Jones estimate of growth of 200,000. Um, and it was the first time the ADP reported negative job growth since December 2020. So irrefutably, this was not a good month um, for jobs. Hmm. Now, I was like seasonally adjusted. Pray tell, what does that mean? And so I had to dig into the report a little bit. <clears throat> I have a lot of text, a big block. This being of text, the, but- the Labor Department's report? Yeah, but but hang with me for a little okay. bit. I'll explain what some of this means. Effective with data for January 2022, updated population estimates were incorporated in the household survey. Population estimates for the household survey are developed by the U.S. Census Bureau. Each year, the Census Bureau updates the estimates to reflect new information and assumptions about the growth of population since the previous decennial census, which was 10 years ago. And yeah. the census happened in 2020. So I wonder why they didn't already do this. Probably takes time to process the data, something like that. Right. So it's the change in population reflected in the new estimates results from the introduction of a blended 2020 population base, which combines population totals from the 2020 census and demographic characteristics from other sources, which is totally vague. It also reflects adjustments for net international migration, updated vital statistics, which means nothing, and estimation methodology improvements, which also um, means nothing. So these are, so, <laughs> what are they counting here? What the hell? What? I, I think it's migration. Okay. Uh, I think it's immigrants. Uh, yeah. The, the methodology here, uh, quite honestly, I don't follow at all. So it's, it's yeah. okay. Proceed. It seems um, more complex than just let's look at the payroll data, which ADP is doing. What the fuck doing. does updated vital statistics mean? Uh, I don't and know. Estimated estimation methodology improvements. Those are meaningless jargon. Yeah. Um, the vast majority of the population change is due to the change in the base population from census 2010 to the blended census 2020 base. And then they adjusted everything way upwards. The adjustments increased the estimated size of the civilian non-institutional population in December by 973,000, the civilian labor force by 1.53 million, and employment by 1.471 million, and unemployment by 59,000. And then they are saying that even though the labor participation rate is um, clearly going down, that the persons not in the labor force decreased by 557,000. Oh, yeah. I can't find it in the New York Times report here, but I would put it on screen if I can't. But yeah, again, the labor force participation declines by half a million, yet somehow we're having a surging economy by hashtag Biden boom on Twitter. Okay, Ridiculous. Um, uh, That's pretty much it. Um, But if we they said they also said in this uh, uh, zero hedge article, if we exclude the impact of the annual revision, the January readings would have been negative 137,000 for labor force and negative 272,000 for household employment. Okay. So in the absence of this um, statistical remodeling that they did, this retroactive statistical remodeling, obviously the jobs report is just dog shit. Hmm. This is another one of those like, don't believe your lion eyes type situations yeah, where yeah. I, I'm sorry, like 
I, I live in one humble part of the country. I don't see it all uh, granted. Uh, I, but I do see enough to know that the economy is not booming in the way that they're trying to present it. Uh, that's exactly. not happening. Yep. So uh, it, it does make sense that there would be some methodological shenanigans happening here. But, but they were that. totally vague in the report about about what caused this. But the fact that they even mentioned inter- international migration leaves me to believe that this is uh, hmm. just a bunch of Mexicans that are in the labor force but are not actually doing any work. Hmm. Well, whatever's going on, Joe Biden has it handled, doesn't have to worry about the economy. What he does have to worry about is all you people in your gun crime. So he went to New York City this week to talk to Mayor Eric Adams about reducing gun violence. This after a convicted felon in illegal possession of a firearm killed two NYPD officers two weeks ago. And of course, federal law already prohibits felons from firearm possession. But never mind that. We need more federal gun laws that would have stopped this. So Joe is bringing back his greatest hits of lies. And uh, and the Second Amendment uh, about guns in the Second Amendment, starting with his old classic that the uh, the Second Amendment isn't absolute. And at the time it was written, people could not own cannons. So again, for any of the press, any of the press listening, this doesn't violate anybody's Second Amendment right. There's no amendment that's absolute. When the amendment was passed, it didn't say anybody can own a gun and any kind of gun and any kind of weapon. You couldn't buy a cannon and when the, this, this uh, amendment was passed. And so no reason why you should be able to buy certain assault weapons. But that's another issue. What does that have to do with anything? No amendment is absolute, especially not the 13th. Just a little bit of slavery is fine. There are some exceptions. You know. Uh, now, as far as the claim that you couldn't own cannons at the founding, that point has been debunked and fact-checked to death, even by the Washington Post. This is the Washington Post last summer. Uh, after 1791, when the Constitution was ratified, there were no federal laws about the type of gun you could own, and no states limited the type of gun you could own. Not until the early 1800s were, were there any sort of efforts or any efforts to pass restrictions on carrying concealed weapons. Okay, not only that, but if you look uh, into the Constitution itself, you will see that private individuals could own cannons. Article 1, Section 8, Clause 11 gives uh, Congress the power to declare war. But there's another element of the clause that might seem strange to modern ears. Congress also has the power to, quote, grant letters of mark and reprisal. What is that? Well, there were the uh, they were special waivers to allow private individuals to act as pirates on behalf of the U.S. government uh, against countries (laughs) engaged in war with it. The letter of Mark allowed a warship to cross into another country's territory to take a ship. Well, the letter of reprisal gave authorization to bring that ship back to the home port of the capturer. So there was all sorts of uh, cannon action going on. Used to be awesome. Not only that, but. um, Muzzle loading cannons are not considered firearms under federal law, interestingly enough. Really? So um, it's your laws will vary by state. But as I understand, I don't own uh, any kind of cannon. Well, I do own a very small one that someone gifted to me, but I don't own like, you know, the sort of thing you think of the Civil War or something like that. But as far as I understand, it is perfectly federally legal to own cannons currently. So... Hmm. Uh, it, and it always has been, as far as I understand. They're not considered firearms under the federal, uh, under the National Firearms Act or the Gun Control Act. Okay. At least muzzle-loading cannons. So, 
I don't know, get a cannon in honor of Joe, I suppose. Now, Joe also uh, revived his lie about gun manufacturers supposedly being immune from lawsuits. Joe says that unlike any other industry, gun manufacturers enjoy federal law that protects them from being sued. Imagine had we had a liability. They're the only industry in America that is exempted from being able to be sued by the public. Only one. Imagine had that been the way with cigarette manufacturers. Where the hell would we, where, would, where the heck would we be? We'd be in tough shape. Why gun manufacturers? Because of the power of their lobbying ability. It's got to end. End. They got to be held responsible. For oh, the he things pounded that the they table. Irresponsible. And folks, what a you know, it's the only industry in America, as I said, that's exempt from being sued. And I think I find it to be outrageous. Perhaps Tell me you more might about be able Pfizer to... and the vaccines. Yeah, I was going to see if you had one at the uh, top of your mind, uh, an industry that might be um, immune from lawsuits. And this is CNN's fact check. Again, it's when the Washington Post and CNN are calling this stuff out, you know, it's absolute nonsense. But yeah, other industries do have exemptions and liability. For example, vaccine manufacturers cannot be held liable in a civil suit for damages from a vaccine related injury or death per CNN, Susan, not me. Um, But this claim about gun manufacturers not being suable, they can't be held liable for their products used in crime. In other words, their products used as designed. They can be held liable for a whole host of other things, including negligence, breach of contract, um, certain damages resulting in defects in the design or function of the gun. But in the same way, you can't sue Ford for a drunk driver getting behind the wheel of a Taurus and running over your, your, your brother or your sister or something, you can't sue the gun manufacturer for designing a firearm that worked as advertised, but as it was advertised. used for an evil criminal purpose. That would Doesn't be matter. insane. They'll keep, they'll keep repeating that one. And the lies continue elsewhere. Um, <laughs> the search for Joe's uh, black chick pick for the Supreme court continues and Senate majority <laughs> Chuck Schumer is lying similarly in pursuit of that agenda. He took to the Senate floor this week and he said no black person had been on the Supreme Court until 1981. The president's pledge to name a black woman to the Supreme Court is historic. Only two have been African-American, but never, never has there been an African-American woman who still make up barely 6% of the federal judiciary. And amazing, until 1981, this powerful body, the Supreme Court, was all white men. Imagine. America wasn't all white men, 1981, or ever. Uh, it's a weird... Do you, do you know off the top of your head what percent of society black women are? Is it 6%? Roughly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's for him to say, oh, I can't believe the federal judiciary is only 6% black chicks... Well, why, well, yeah, why would they not be over? Yeah, because 13 on 50, half of 13 is it's roughly 6.5%. Right about there. Yeah. So that's a bizarre statement to make. But of course, I'm bearing the lead. He just totally disregarded Thurgood Marshall, the first black justice on the court in right. 1967. <laughs> so he just tweeted later, him. oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to mislead. Uh, of course, I remember the legal excellence of Thurgood Marshall. That seems like a very bizarre mistake, but. Okay, uh, you guys keep going with this uh, lying tactic to sell your agenda. We'll see how that goes. The uh, in, in news uh, about Russia and Ukraine, we have officially deployed troops to Eastern Europe 
as of this weekend, 2000 arrived in Germany and Poland over the weekend. Uh, this in anticipation of um, potential Russian advancement over the Ukraine-Russia border, of course. And there was this bizarre moment with the State Department this week where uh, the spokesman for the State Department, Ned Price, is trying to convince reporters that Russia is working on and about to stage a false flag of them <laughs> being attacked by Ukrainians to justify their invasion of Ukraine. Is that, I know. is there any yeah, more information correct. than that? No, we should, we should watch the clip. Okay. <clears throat> just listen. The reporter from the AP accuses the spokesman, Ned Price of being Alex Jones, basically. Yeah. Yeah. We told you a few weeks ago that we have information indicating Russia also has already prepositioned a group of operatives to conduct a false flag operation in eastern Ukraine. So that, Matt, to your question, is an action that Russia has already well, taken. It's an action that you say that they have taken, but you have shown no evidence to, 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 to confirm that. What is the evidence that they... I mean, this is like crisis actors, really? This is like Alex Jones territory you're getting into now. What evidence do you have to support the idea that there is some propaganda film in the in in the making Matt, this is derived uh from information known to the u.s government intelligence information that we have declassified where is it where's the declassified information i just delivered it would you would you like us to print it out the topper because you will see a transcript of this briefing that you can print out for yourself that's not evidence ned that's you saying it that's not evidence i'm sorry (laughs) what would you like matt i would like to see some proof that you that 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 you can show matt i'm sorry you don't like the format uh but we have declassified format it's the content (laughs) i'm sorry you don't like the content i'm sorry you i'm sorry you are doubting the information that is in the possession of the u.s government who would ever do that? Who would ever Who tell would do that? the information in possession it's of the U.S. Like government? It's not like they constantly lie to us. But this was a very interesting take from the from the government because merely the admission of uh, the existence of a false flag attack is is not something that they typically do. And during this whole white helmet thing, people were just saying that we are fucking crazy that that false flag attacks don't exist. That yeah. this is a fabric. Uh, this is a, this is a you know of our, our imagination and. This is a right wing nonsense and everything. But now they're saying like we have totally unsubstantiated evidence that has been delivered to us that we are telling you about, which is declassifying it um, unvalidated. And and we're just supposed to be like, yeah, OK. But they have such such specifics that implies that maybe they've seen a video or something. Cynically, you might wonder, have they uh, I don't know, are they directing such videos yeah, for whatever yeah. purposes they, Did they hire have? a bunch of crisis actors? And, yeah. yeah. Did you guys repurpose David Hogg and company or <laughs> yeah, whatever else? I know. You hire the best of the best. They just whatever. got those guys from the uh, what is it? The Patriot group. Uh, oh, Patriot Front. Patriot Front. Yeah. Yeah. Same actors. Uh, they a side production note. Susan punished my clips channel for this show because of the Patriot Front video. So oh the Patriot God. Front, those guys where they said, all right, now the video is over. We can sig Heil that that looked like a, an obvious fed up. I played that on the stream from our clips channel, the just a dummy account I used to host the clips for the show to see it, to make sure our clips aren't going to get punished by Susan. That got that channel a strike and it, I couldn't upload for a week. The clips of the show but it's in the stream and that's fine and when they gave that a strike i emailed them and said guys it literally has way more views in the stream that i put it in and you have ads running on that and you're making money off of it right yeah. now but you gave me a strike on this other channel even though i'm the same guy doing the same clip and they upheld the strike <laughs> so just acknowledgement of double standards it's like well if we think if we like your channel um, or if you have a channel of a, of a certain 
a threshold, a certain size, will that will protect that. But if you're just a guy who wants to post the clip of the Patriot Front video, you're banned. I know this is just okay. Absurd. Well, um, let's talk about this Amir Locke shooting. People are not going to like what we have to say about this, I think. Well, my opinion on this changed after looking through it. I know, I I read like, oh, this this black dude has a gun. Who cares? And then... uh, When I first saw the video, I thought, okay, armed guy, I get the shoot. Then I watched it a few more times and I read more about it. This is uh, this looks like some mistakes were made. Uh, Hundreds of protesters marched outside the Hennepin County Government Center in Minneapolis in recent days. Uh, Now, whether it's due to newfound civility or just the fact that it's winter in Minneapolis, I don't see a lot of reports of vandalism or looting or destruction. So it looks like the protests are behaving. And I will say that the the father uh, of of Amir Locke, the guy who was killed here, I've seen a lot of good commentary from him Mm -hmm. saying, let's not do the whole burn thing. Let's you know remain sane sure let's protest but it seems like he's a good guy from what i've seen yeah. from the dad but the the protests uh are about the police shooting of 22 year old amir Locke, who's inside a downtown apartment as police were serving a no-knock warrant early wednesday morning for a murder suspect so Locke is not the suspect they're looking for a guy suspected in a homicide the city released body cam footage on Thursday. It shows police enter the apartment with keys obtained from building management. They announce their uh, presence after opening the door and approach Locke, who's sleeping on a blanket uh, under a blanket on the couch. Locke's hand emerges from under the blanket with a, uh, a handgun in it and police shoot him dead. Now, Locke was not named on the warrant. And uh, in fact, he has a concealed carry permit uh, in Minnesota, which means he has a clear criminal record. Right. This is not, you know, some kind of felon um, uh, pointing a gun at a cop or something like that. Uh, And Locke did not live at this apartment. His family says he was staying there with friends. So police were looking for this suspected murderer uh, through this warrant and this search. The Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension is investigating the shooting as as, um, the top law enforcement agency in the state. It investigates all police shootings in Minnesota. The shooting officer is identified as Mark Hanneman. He's a seven-year Minneapolis PD vet who previously served the nearby Hutchinson, Minnesota Police Department for five years. He has been placed on administrative leave pending investigation. So there are really two pieces to examine here. There's the shoot itself, and then there are the circumstances that led to the shoot. So on the shoot itself, it happens insanely fast from the time police open the door to the time that Locke is shot. It's about eight seconds. I can play you the full speed body cam footage. Obviously I have to stop it or censor it where the shots actually happen. Cause Susan's not going to allow that sort of thing, but this will give you an idea of what the raid looked like. Okay. Uh, did it sound to you like they announced themselves? Because I think they busted in the door and then started yelling. That's one of the areas of controversy here. Um, I'll play it one more time in slow motion and I'll stop it where Locke's gun emerges from under the blanket. This is immediately immediately before he's shot. <laughs> So you can see the gun in his hand, his right hand there, and he's shot immediately after this frame. Now, 
it's hard to say based on that frame and the footage, which cop is the one who shoots him and what his position is. But based on that image, it's tough for me to say that Locke conclusively pointed the gun at the officer. He had it in his hand and it does move a little, but I don't see conclusive evidence there that he pointed it at a cop. And in that regard, even, even based on the footage, um, it, it, it's, it's not an obviously justified shooting without the pointing is a simple possession of a firearm doesn't necessarily mean that you should be shot. Exactly. Even if, yeah. I mean, it's real. I will say though, it's really weird. He was up to no good if he was sleeping with his gun. Something's bizarre about apparently sleeping with a, it looks like the gun is just under the blanket with him. I, that's not a crime. So it's, it's just weird, weird, but yeah. you have a right to do it. Yeah. So I can't implicate him for that. Um, and even if you want to say, well, it's a split second decision by the officer who would rather not mess around with a brandished gun. Um, it's how this circumstance is. This circumstance was created that I think deserves the bulk of yeah. the scrutiny. So it's no knock warrant thing. Man. Yeah. Uh, it, 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 it looks like not just a no knock raid. It looks like a no nothing raid. And by yeah. that, I mean, the police didn't know what they were doing, or at least yeah, that's what the yeah. signs seem to show. So police, um, well, the the warrant, uh, I will say, remember, the warrant was signed by a judge as well. We'll get to that judge in a minute. It's not just the police judgment. It's the judgment of the judge that should be scrutinized here. Because um, yeah. it's it's um, it, it's not just that they shot a guy who they were not looking for and was not on the warrant. It's that they were kicking multiple doors, yeah, which to me yeah. demonstrates uncertainty about where to find their target. So they were looking a, for a suspected murderer, right? Yes. But according to the... Uh, interim Minneapolis police chief Amelia Huffman, her department's SWAT team was asked to execute warrants on three apartments within the building on Marquette. So they were going to. Were those all no knock warrants? I think they did them all at once, if I understand correctly. There were three police teams doing these simultaneously. And if you're kicking down a door, no knock, you better be damn sure about what's on the other side of it. And if you're kicking down three different doors, to me, that's a good indicator. You don't know exactly what's on the other side of those because you're looking for one guy. He can only be yeah. in one spot. Yeah. Now, officers obtained both knock, uh, knock and no knock warrants, said the interim police chief. So the SWAT team could assess the circumstances and make the best possible decision about entering. In other words, discretion was possible. It was decided against for whatever tactical reasons by this particular SWAT team. It also appears that the Minneapolis Police Department just lied about these officers announcing themselves. So originally, the interim police chief had said, well, the officers loudly and repeatedly announced their presence before entering the apartment. Did they? But it you wasn't the body cam, body footage, cam footage. Unless it happened before the body cam footage that they released starts, which I have a hard time believing, believing they wouldn't show us that if that's what happened. There is no announcement made until the door handle is already turned. So we have some potential police department dishonesty there. Uh, And then uh, so just to summarize what's still unknown in this case, we don't know who leased the apartment in question. So whose apartment was this? We don't know what's what that person's relationship to Amir was. Uh, We don't know if Amir had any connection to the suspected uh, killer. And we don't know what information was used to get the warrant. And what information was on the warrant. Yeah. So in the in the moment of the shoot itself, and this is why when I originally saw it, I thought, well, I can kind of understand. In that instance, I can understand both guys. I can if someone kicks down my door 
unannounced in the morning, I will probably grab a firearm too. So I yeah, can understand yeah. what Amir's doing. Um, as far if you're the police officer and you're in a situation where a guy is potentially moments, he has the gun in hand, it's moving. You might assume it's going to be pointed at you or one of your guys. I can understand why that shot is taken. What I don't understand is the creation of this situation. And I get that no knocks have a tactical advantage. If you have a suspect of a serious crime and you think he's going to flee and you need to get him now and he's a danger to the public. But given the danger of these tactics, you got to be 100% sure that you have your guy and you know where he is. And you better be aware of any complicating factors uh, behind that door. So you got to get this situation properly surveilled and and know everything beforehand. I, I just... I'm not an expert in police tactics, but the fact that you're kicking down multiple doors simultaneously implies to me you are kicking doors based on advanced guesses, not concrete information. And so my biggest criticism goes to the judge issuing the warrant for the no-knock raids at multiple addresses and whoever the police commander is who made the tactical decision to do this with what I'm speculating, well, perhaps there's more information that will come out. So I'll acknowledge uh, and reserve the right to change my opinion if so. But what I'm speculating as of now is incomplete uh, information. So, uh, and I will say that the, de- the incompleteness of the knowledge is demonstrated not just by the fact that they raided multiple addresses, but by the fact that the suspect is still at large. It's not like the murderer was in the next room. That guy's still out yeah. there they, they didn't find him they're kicking down multiple doors and they still didn't find their guy so what are I you know. doing i know not good now i mentioned the judge that's the last piece of information here it's now reported at least sources say this is yet to be confirmed as far as i understand the judge who signed the warrant is none other than peter cahill the Derek chauvin judge so does he get to share a, a cell with Derek chauvin now we yeah. perhaps we will we'll see um And the city of Minneapolis has now revised its no-knock warrant policy. They're saying that officers will be required to announce their presence and purpose before entering, except in certain circumstances like hostage situations, which this was not. As far as the officer, thing for anything else but a kidnapping or hostage situation. I don't know. Um, Perhaps there's drugs or this is this is a recipe for uh, unjustified police shooting. You got a suspected murderer. He's a he's a danger to the public. You think you can get him. I get it. If you know for sure, we watched that guy go in that apartment and we've got it. You know, we've got it kind of uh, we've been watching this whole thing. We know he's in there. We know who lives there. We know what's going to happen. All right. I can kind of get it in this case. We think he's in one of three places and we're just going to go kick those doors and see what happens. Yeah. yeah. I really have to question that um, as a tactical decision to get your target, but as a, as a tactical decision that respects the danger that exists with kicking down doors in that way. So um, this looks like uh, so far a bad call by the police department, at least in my judgment, but um, we'll see there's no decision made. There's investigation ongoing, no decision made about charges or any sort of disciplinary action taken against the officer who yeah. took the shot. But I, I, I mean, uh, even though I disagree with this decision, I, I feel bad for him too. He, he's put into a spot that I think was just a ridiculous, terrible spot by people who were in charge of evaluating the evidence to support this sort of thing. And at that point, when there's a gun being brandished about, it's a defense situation for him, just like it is for anybody else. So, if he's the one who falls on the sword for the decision making of higher ups or potentially the judge, that's really unfortunate. But yeah, we shall see what happens. Doesn't sit right with me. 
anything else you had to say about uh, this case? No, I suppose not. I mean, it's it's a lot more nuanced than I initially thought. My instinct was to be like, oh, uh, sounds like this guy got what was coming to him. But, you know, he, he had no priors. He he was just sitting in an Not apartment. a criminal. Not a criminal, yeah. Potentially weird, but you can ask, why does he have a gun under the blanket? Why Doesn't is he matter, maybe it's, hanging it's out with a criminal. suspected murderer? But I don't know. You know, I, I just don't think that those things justify getting shot. So yeah. we shall see. Uh, let's talk hoax hate. And now the nobody saw it happen, but it's totally a product of Trump's America hoax hate crime of the week. Ah, shit, it's backwards. <laughs> you think they'll notice? In Greenfield, Wisconsin, a high school basketball player claims the school's athletic director viciously and repeatedly called him a racial slur, but it is not the slur that you'd expect. This one is a new one. It's a word that got a Philadelphia 76ers fan banned for life from the Wells Fargo Center just last week. Now, a student athlete at Greenfield High School says the athletic director used it toward him during lunch. 17-year-old Omar Surveyor says last week at Greenfield High School, the athletic director said something to him while Omar was trying to get a cell phone back from a friend. He goes, come on, boy, we're going in the lunchroom right now, boy. You want to be called a boy now? And like, don't call me a boy. I didn't like it at all. I thought it was beyond the racist. I told him multiple times, don't don't call me that word. I don't like it. And he continued to call me the same word over and over again. In response, Omar's teammates on the varsity basketball team wore practice t-shirts that said, my name is not boy. I just couldn't believe it with, uh, in these days and times with everything that's going on in the world, our boys are amazing boys, all, all of them. Omar says he wants <laughs> people to remember this. Just not to let anyone uh, discriminate you by your color or treat you a different way due to your skin color oh my god shut up boy <laughs> yes you uh you heard that correctly the whole controversy is over being called a boy somehow that is now a racial slur and yes as you noticed one of the parents apparently obliviously uh called the boys boys during the news segment and nobody cares about that i guess boy is just like the n-word now in that only black people can say it so over this, the varsity boys basketball coach has resigned and the school is investigating the incident and the athletic director. I'm not clear why the coach resigned when the allegation is what? against the athletic director. Uh, something so that, absurd. Frankly, it's also ridiculous. I didn't see it as a, a use, a, a good use of time to dig that far into this nonsense. Yikes. But um, you heard at the start of the news story there that a Philadelphia 76ers fan was banned uh, from the arena for calling up an NBA player a boy. That's true. <laughs> Just last week, 76ers season tickets holder, uh, Mike Murphy called Carmelo Anthony of the Lakers a boy. And the Philadelphia Inquirer, uh, Inquirer headline says, Sixers fan who used racial slur boy in altercation with Car Carmelo Anthony. Band. We're really going with this. I thought I this is not the only story this week. Boy is now a racial slur. This is crazy. This is Soon crazy. enough, a Joe Rogan montage of all the times he said boy, which is probably like 60 hours of footage <laughs> at this point. Yeah. Unreal. Okay. Then we also have, uh, we also have, oh, I don't, I don't have it in here. Let me get the story. It's um, the swastikas at Union Station in D.C. 
What happened here? Yeah. So CBS reported these uh, tweeted photos of the swastikas and Washington Post wrote up the story on January 28th, repeating police suspicions uh, that the person might have mental health issues. And then when the Post produced a follow up story about the man arrested for the drawings, it, it left out all these details about his citizenship. He was a criminal illegal immigrant. His name was Geraldo Pando, 34. No fixed address, obviously. Charged with displaying certain emblems, defacing public and private property, a misdemeanor and a felony, all sorts. He had a crazy rap sheet. Um, he really should have been in jail for one to ten years in prison, and he should have been deported. But he was not deported, which allowed him to commit this heinous crime. This swastikas, public swastikas are not enough to get you deported? Not even that? No, it was his prior rap sheet. He was oh. previously you know, eligible for deportation. They failed to deport him. And then this happened. So he just killed a couple guys before, but now he's committed the ultimate crime. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay. Yep. All right. Well, uh, we shall see if he finally faces justice or not before we uh, get to the movie. I also have some surprise cringe no. for you. Here you go. Okay. My name's Nicole and I'm a doctor for kids and I help parents. Not with their lids. I'm Dr. Todd. I know the tricks to keeping kids from getting sick. Woo! Oh my God, Todd. I, what are we going to do? It's like people just don't believe us anymore. I know, I know, Nicole. You know what? These people would rather just listen to some random person or somebody on social media. I bet they couldn't even pass Mr. Jenkins' ninth grade science class. I totally know what you're saying, Todd. And... But I just, what are we gonna do? I don't know, maybe, wait, what if we created the, the perfect cheer? Vaccinate, Vax, vaccinate. Who's that girl talking about vaccine? It's me, it's me. Who's that girl talking about vaccine? It's me, it's me. C-O-V-I-D, COVID, you can take a knee. Oh. I can't believe people don't trust them with their children. To be fair, that's based on an SNL sketch. You actually got it. Yeah. You actually did get it. That is her defense, partially. Not that it makes that it any so less cringe. so hard to watch. <laughs> but yeah, um, Dr. Nicole Baldwin is a pediatrician in Cincinnati who has long made enthusiastic social media vaccine videos like this one. I'm not clear who Dr. Todd is. I thought it was her husband, but he looks Ugh, like he's no, just... that guy's gay. He, he's a he has a different last name and um, he it looks like he's just another pediatrician in Pittsburgh. Uh, but you're you're right. Dr. Baldwin says this video was intentionally cringe because it was supposed to be a parody or a remake of that old SNL cheerleading bit with Will Ferrell and Rachel Dratch. Oh, and she says that people are taking it too seriously, even though her entire timeline uh, on Twitter is reposts of her TikTok videos, which are all sorts of character reenactments about vaccines and specifically vaccines for kids, beauty and the beast remakes and things like that. Now, why, in, why do you do this to me? We're not oh. even done. Get this. It's um, so, uh, this video she posted last weekend, but it's something of a coincidence because Dr. Baldwin is also a featured audience question asker at a CNN town hall with Joe Biden last summer. I want to get to Dr. Nicole Baldwin. She's a pediatrician and a Republican. 
Dr. Baldwin, go ahead. Thank you for taking my question, Mr. President. I am a pediatrician who utilizes social media to educate about health, and I'm very concerned about the rise in misinformation from the anti-vaccine community that is eroding trust in life-saving vaccines. Really? Yeah, that should tell you something about the Republican opposition that CNN selects for its uh, audience questions when talking to the president. Well, whatever. They're just going to make being anti-vax totally cool because by (laughs) default, getting a vax makes you lame. This is what getting vaccinated makes you look like and how it makes you behave. And I'm I'm anti-vax now. No more vaccines. I'll bring back polio if I can stop this uncoolness. I don't care. I mean, I can grant her point that the presentation was intentionally cringe for comedic effect. But the point that she's making, why don't people trust us? That's sincere. It's as sincere as she asked to Joe Biden last summer. We need to restore public confidence. Uh, this lady has done more than probably anybody to convince me never to take another vaccine know, my I entire know. life. Uh, what about uh, the source of the lack of trust? What about that? Yeah. That, that you're mandating us to get a vaccine that's totally untested. You know, I had some reservations. And by the way, she's talking about your kids. She's talking about your kids getting the shot, not you. Right. But who's out there saying, oh, I had, I had some reservations till I saw this totally cool bit by these weird TikTok doctors. And I thought, yeah, yeah I should probably make an appointment. I don't okay. know. This is kind of reassuring. All the surprise cringe is reassuring because the, the tale as old as time is that young people think that old people are fucking lame. And so they're just going to see stuff like this and be like, oh, I uh, don't want to get vaccinated. This reminded me of the one where the older lesbian took the younger lesbian to get vaccinated against her parents. The Australian without, one where, the, where they got the vaccine yeah. from the Muslim. Yeah. I'm like, this is all you guys have. Yeah. Lame. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the movie. Sure. In a world of movie references flying over his head. One man will finally watch them. This is the Matt and Blonde Show movie review. Tonight's movie is the 1999 Mike Judge film Office Space, in which a trio of disgruntled software company workers conspires to get revenge against their bosses through a sophisticated computer virus scheme only to be outdone by another colleague for whom a stolen stapler, missing paychecks, and reassignment to exterminator work is the last straw. From movie picker Charles, Mike Judge commentary on corporate America, hilarious memes and characters make this a must-watch uh, must movie of the 90s. As always, your review and your rating. Well, I've seen this movie like a dozen times, but I rewatched it for the segment and I love Mike Judge um, and it was really good for a rewatch. It was a fun, lighthearted movie. It perfectly captures how mundane and pointless corporate life is like every corporate job. I would always just do like barely enough to not get fired, just just barely enough. And it, it was just about making rich people richer and it didn't bring any meaning or any value to my life just being like this corporate wage slave do any of our jobs really matter although i think our jobs matter i I like our jobs we're lucky um should we bother it's a trade i would make again if i for sure yeah yeah Yeah. for those of you that don't already know this we both came from wage slave jobs and just decided to quit and do this podcast and i imagine our jobs i i know mine was very similar to this environment so we both left something like this prior yeah yeah, totally. 
Um, should we even bother trying to convince ourselves that our jobs matter if we're in the, this situation? Like I was constantly trying to do that at my old job. Like, well, I am working for an expert witness that blah, fucking blah, who cares? Um, and also how much boredom and lack of meaning should we be accepting in our lives? And I think they really answer that in this, in this movie. It's like, you get one life. You you need to do something that matters to you. You need to not waste your time. And he didn't end up like becoming a surgeon or something. He just he just wanted to work with his hands and he was just totally happy, like in yeah. a better relationship and doing construction work. And, and that was great. Um, Mike Judge has this incredible way of, of just connecting with the modern zeitgeist. He did it in Silicon Valley and Beavis and Butthead and King of the Hill. He just really understands like a, a a truly diverse group of people and like where, where the heart is of, of people that have to go to their shitty job every day. They hate their boss. And I don't know. Um, I thought it was a, a great rewatch. It was really fun. Four out of five. All right. We are basically uh, in the same spot here and for largely the same reasons, but, um, but I really appreciated the, the, the capture of that mentality of working, working that mediocre, cubicle job yeah and if you have you inevitably end up in that mindset how can i skate by doing the minimum possible while escaping scrutiny yeah exactly. and it's tempting to do that but you do realize you're you're in your strategizing to escape that scrutiny you're really strategizing against yourself you are and i appreciated how, how everybody who bucked that uh actually was rewarded so peter obviously decided just to say screw this i'm not doing this anymore um and and was ironically promoted, of course. But even Tom, who got fired, he tried to play that game. He got fired and serendipitously finds himself with a drunk driving payout or he gets hit by a drunk driver after a failed suicide and gets yeah. a payout. Yeah. Point, the point behind all the comedy here and the, the, the interview scenes with the consultants are just excellent is that if if you're strategizing to do the minimum amount of work, you're probably in the wrong environment. And that you're, you're really strategizing against yourself. You should think about that and you should think if you're in the right spot, if you don't want to work hard, why? Um, and if you're in a sort of environment that doesn't recognize and appreciate hard work, you should probably change environments. It, it also perfectly um, captured a lot of the subtle annoyances of workplace communication. So you've, we've all had that boss who's like too nice and too much of a people person that yeah. they won't just explain things in plain terms. So obviously the TPS memo thing, the flare bit, it's all of this sugar coated workplace communication that just, that doesn't tell the employee exactly what, what you want. I guess in the case of the TPS memo they did, but the point in that, in that exercise is that they're not listening to him communicate back. They're just stuck in their own sugar coated lines that they're supposed to deliver. Right, right, they're right. stuck in their own bullshit and all the communication is subtle but infuriating and that's what this movie really does well it's 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 a rare kind of comedy where the jokes the writing is great but the jokes are how infuriating every situation is it's, to make irritation funny is is sort of a rare but but cool thing yeah, that i liked true. about this this movie yeah. and I, I also liked i mentioned tom who got fired and got his payout but it, it was a depiction of how that opportunity presents itself elsewhere. And it really made me think about being in a similar situation five and a half years ago, deciding, am I really going to make an idiotic decision to abandon my perfectly safe, perfectly mediocre job that I hate and try to build something on the Internet that doesn't make any sense, but I know that makes me happy? Right. Or am I going to just going to sit here and accept mediocrity? And it is scary to leave that security and leave the benefits and leave the perfectly 
uh, perfectly mediocre salary that I had, you know, but all of the risks were scary, but you have to make that jump. And once you do, that's how you realize, my God, there's been a greener pasture over here the whole time. I was just afraid of the fence. I might've got a few splinters jumping over it, you know, but, but the point, uh, that's another serious point of the movie. You got to take those risks and you got to be oriented. You got to have your, 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 all your values properly ordered. Uh, and what it is that you're trying to achieve. And that's not to say you should love every job that you do, but if you're doing a job that you hate and that you're strategizing to do the the least of, you got to figure how does that fit into the long-term plan? Am I doing this to leap to the next thing or am I just doing this because I like the security and comfort of the mediocrity? And if it's that, you got to bail on that. As scary as it might be. Just for a paycheck. Yeah. Only a couple complaints. Um, The ending didn't make a lot of sense to me as in, Lumberg was clearly aware of the theft. Right. Because he. So how does the fire take care of this? Exactly. It's like if if someone broke into your house and stole jewelry out of your safe and then a day later your house burned down, you'd probably be more preoccupied with the immediacy of the arson. But you would still. Yeah. yeah, You'd be like, who the hell stole? And you knew you knew before the arson happened. Hey, my jewelry is missing. You'd still follow up. Well, He didn't know because didn't it burn down before he got the letter? No. Well, what happened? There's the scene where Milton is down in the basement and Lumberg comes down there and says, you're going to kill these cockroaches. And that conversation is interrupted by Lumberg's colleagues. And they come in and say, there's a massive accounting error. Yeah. Yeah. You got to come check it out, which. To me, it would have made more sense if they never actually discovered the accounting error and the whole thing just burned down because then you could plausibly write it off as some confusion with the costs of the fire. You know, you're reading into finer details of a comedy, I guess. And we also were asking that question. Yeah. Also, uh, once it was alleged that Joanna had slept with Lumberg, my wife and I were making all sorts of jokes about uh what lumberg's mannerisms would be like in such a scenario Mm. and then before we knew it the scene was already in front of us and it's just it was funny and i credit the movie for going for it but it also just it's one of those things that just sticks in your mind and you'd like not to have that image in your head (laughs) i can't decide if i want to get if if i should credit the movie for that or if i should penalize it but for that image in my mind i i put it in the worst section of the review anyway oh uh, I'm with you that it is a four wiki movie. All right. Wiki, 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 wiki. Mm, pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. And I could be persuaded to a five. It's right on the cusp. So I, I really enjoyed it. And I certainly would recommend it to anybody, particularly if you've worked in that sort of office environment. Uh, I think you'll, you'll really enjoy it. But um, as far as the audience, uh, review or the audience rating people generally like it early vote giving it a solid five and four majority um actually the the order is perfect it's most it's a plurality of five then four then three then two then one so very few people hate this movie all right next week is a movie that i forgot to include in the vote the first week and i've never heard of but it's uh snatch from 2000 a comedy featuring Um, Brad Pitt and Jason Statham and others. Oh, okay. About diamonds and boxing. I watched the trailer, but I have no idea what it's about beyond that. 
so we will watch that and then the uh as far as the movie after that the nominees are predator the fifth element robocop rear window the big lebowski network or of course you can reject the list and vote for a randomly selected top rated movie instead as a reminder if you'd like to read my movie reviews comment how wrong i am submit your own rating vote for the next movie uh, and sign up for the chance to nominate the movies for the month. The one and only place to do that is in my weekly movie review column linked in the description and on the homepage of the website. That's MattChristensenMedia.com. And that'll do it. Uh, I forgot to ask, but I assume throughout the stream, the chat was okay. And I forgot to apologize for that last week, but um, we didn't get rated like we did last time with a spam. We did not. Okay. Nope, we're okay. Just so people know, I do know how to stop that. If it happens again, I'm sorry that it kind of ruined the chat experience for maybe the latter half of the it show last so week, but, but, um, but it won't happen at least in that same way again. And we'll, we'll be able to control it. So thanks for being patient with that. Uh, we're good for, for chat. If you got it ready right. to go, otherwise I can hop over to tippy stream. Right-wing desk squad engineer says, Blonde is a smoke show, as usual. Matt, have you considered wearing a paper bag during the stream? <laughs> oh, God. Not that I pride myself on appearances, but I am not paper bag. Come on. <laughs> a brown Come bagger on. is what we would call him. Ah. Shouting from the cheap seats. Um, You both use the N-word. Promise me you won't make a hostage video like Rogan. I will truly never apologize for what I've done today and what you have done before this stream, on this stream. Uh, yeah, I said it about Jack Conti. I said he is not a white N-word. How is that any different than what I did? You were just quoting, uh, Joe, well, yeah, you were quoting Joe Rogan or it saying was. what he said. Laurel, hi. The boyfriend and I usually watch on his smart TV, which means I can't do the chat, but he went to be, to bed early and I'm on my laptop. I'm excited to be in the chat tonight. We're excited ah. to have you, Laurel. Thanks for joining Well, thanks us. for stopping by. And of course, um, if you ever are interested to the audience, if you're interested in a great uh pre-show experience or another stream to watch before we're live laurel is um always uh having a fun time over on, on her channel so we appreciate um her support as well and i'm glad to hear you guys are doing well i hope michigan is treating you well yeah. also uh and hopefully that's the right. winter is bearable um Oof. although i'm sure new hampshire is a pretty rough winter too that's true um eric nervik is there any truth to the rumor that matt christian media Christensen Media is in negotiations with Whoopi Goldberg to hire her as a super chat reader. I would love <laughs> to have Whoopi on. I wish I had. I wish I could imitate her voice enough to try to do that. But yeah, um, yeah. The stories that the Jeff Zucker thing, the Whoopi Goldberg thing, was like already gone, and I was, just, I was setting up the the topics for them. Like I don't care. I, I really don't give a yeah. shit what Whoopi said. I'm not shocked by Jeff Zucker banging his uh, subordinate. Like, whatever. So It's just not surprising. Yeah. Whoopi, is, Whoopi has what? Like a week left? A week and change left before she can come back? Uh, I think so. Hmm. Um, she should Biz go on Joe Rogan. That's what oh, she should awesome. do. Combine forces. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Bill Biz, Rogan's $100 million contract means he doesn't need to apologize to the idiots for anything. And that's the other thing. Yeah, he has enough leverage that he didn't really need to do this. Yeah, what happened to fuck you money? Because he yeah. has it. Uh, Boat Swain's mate says, you know, the attack on Rogan is a real professional hit job. Yes. Go read woke all distances, Twitter threads on it. I believe it. Yeah. I'm not at all surprised about this. I, I'm surprised it took this long to happen. Cause yeah, not, not like we're the only ones. 
there had been a lot of speculation about the mob coming for Joe Rogan eventually. I yeah. go back a couple of years on this stream and elsewhere. I'm surprised. That's the only surprising thing. What took, took you guys a really so long? long time? Yeah. Um, Yamafago, that football player stole my last name. Yes, he did. <laughs> the pronunciation and everything. You're right. Everything. Yeah. Lawsuit. Robin D. Banks. So whose misinformation was more deadly? The conspiracy theorists who turned out to be right the whole time or the mainstream media who were proven categorically wrong the whole time and spread BS over TV and print. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Rich in irony. Uh, yeah, um, but they'll never acknowledge it. Knuckle hunky buck. Rogan has a point. If you say you aren't racist, you fucked up. That's why I never <laughs> claim not to be racist. That's true. That's, an, that's another angle to take on that. Spicy guys. First time chatting, but I have to ask if you've seen the R Reddit slash anti work mod interview. Wait, R slash anti work mod interview on Fox. It's some military grade cringe. So be warned. I heard uh, about this. These are I all I know is like a headline level uh, anti work. Reddit are people who don't like to or refuse to work. And one of their representatives was invited onto, I think, Jesse Waters show on Fox or one of the Fox shows. But I've not seen the segment. So well, why was it so cringy? I assume because of the anti-work guy, but oh. I haven't seen it. Trapped to the world. I hope Rogan gets kicked off Spotify. Daily Wire would pick him up in a heartbeat and get mega traction with normies. Also, can Joe explain how the trucker screwed up? Trudeau did call them racist. That's true. Uh, yeah. yeah. Follow the logic. But the Daily Wire guys are normies. So just yeah. just be a big normie orgy. They probably hour. have a lot of overlap audience, I'm guessing. Oh, I bet they but. do. Uh, Slosher. Joe will be off Spotify by March next week. The sex allegations start. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> uh, Stray yeah. Dog Podcast. I don't sympathize with Rogan. He stuck his head in the sand until it affected him. Up until uh, then, he always waved off concerns about censorship as Red Wing Bible Thumper Fear. If he kept his backbone, he would be forgiven. Um, Okay, I can see that too. You know, my instinct is to defend him because he has so much traction. And if anybody is still converting normies, which I don't really think is, I think it's a losing proposition at this point. But if anybody's doing it, it's him. The other thing I'll say, whether you are satisfied with what Joe himself says or not, he has hosted a lot of... um, meaningful conversations on this topic specifically i think the twitter tim pool face-off was excellent yeah that was excellent when tim pool took uh, jack dorsey and vijay to task that was awesome and i know that's not because of joe's prosecution of them it's because tim did a great job of of but he at least made them accountable but yeah but joe yeah i mean he organized it he used his platform for it i agree that maybe he it's probably fair to say maybe he's been a little bit naive about how vicious these people actually are but maybe he won't be now. Maybe he maybe this is his one apology and he's going to realize, OK, that's yeah. an exercise in futility. We're not doing that anymore. Right. That's my hope. But also, I, maybe he's actually sorry. I doubt even I, worse. I, I can't believe that he's had some sort of sudden realization this week about race and racism. I, I refuse. I, I just don't believe that. Yeah. But he says yeah. he's disgusted by seeing himself say those things. OK, I'm sure. I'm sure We've he watched that video stuff, high Joe. out of his mind and he was laughing his ass off when he first yeah. saw it. Yeah, definitely. 
When you have thousands and thousands of hours of content on the internet, like you've said some stuff, I don't care who you are. You've said some stuff. Yeah. There have been montages made. <laughs> First of all, I want to know too, who is the loser who put this together? How did you do it? Cause are there, there, I don't think there are transcripts of Joe Rogan's episodes. There must be. You can't like keyword search as far as I'm aware. What was the method used to actually compile this? Now, if you did it for comedic effect, fair enough. I chuckled when I listened. If you did it for the purpose of taking the guy down, you're a loser. Like you wasted yeah. so much time on that. The Planet of the Apes but, thing was uh, particularly hilarious. Um, I got I haven't heard the original clip. I'd like to hear. No, it. the apology part when he started talking about it. I was like, <laughs> you said that I'm fucking retard. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing? Uh, Life and MBA. I uploaded a video of the convo going through my area in Canada. The atmosphere was amazing. All kinds of support from many races. Literally right now, Ottawa police are violating Section 8 of the Charter Rights. Yeah, this thing is getting busted up right now. Yeah. Would you actually look up an update while I'm doing this? Yeah, I can do that. I can see what uh, is being posted or said on Twitter. Let's see what we got. Jozo Zovko says, everyone, please go listen to the song The Experience by Goody Mob. It's guided my opinion on the use and the history of the N-word ever since hearing the song back when it came out. It's a pretty dang serious song by CeeLo. I do love some CeeLo Green. I also see reports that um, I'm looking at Convoy stuff, but I also see reports that the Spotify CEO has apologized to employees or the company the cracks are still widening it sounds like they're gonna bitch out um x lightbringer says never change you never change either a uh, long Dong john says it's not just the 15 dollars per chargeback that gofundme has to worry about if a certain percentage of their transactions are charged back per month gofundme will be categorized as high risk and get blacklisted ah. by the cc companies that's interesting robin d banks Darn feds do better a rebel flag in Canada. Really, come on, make the effort. The South shall rise again in Canada. This is sloppy, even by Mossad standards. <laughs> wow. I don't see a lot of uh, conclusive information. It just it sounds like police are intervening tonight. And I don't know yeah. the specifics beyond that. So if you're listening later or even if you're listening right now, uh, yeah. I would encourage you to head on to uh, just, just do your own research on this one because it looks like it's changing rapidly. I, I see videos on Twitter right now of police with like like the snow equivalent of wheelbarrows, like a wheel a wheelbarrow on uh, on a sled or on skis, kind of thing, confiscating gas gas cans. Yeah, a bunch of so. fuckers, oath breaking fuckers. God, huh. these people should be ashamed of themselves. Far too hard. Well, now Twitter knows, so I guess they won't have Twitter for long. Good job, Benjamin. Uh, uh, who are you talking about? Are you talking about Mr. Dichter? Uh, he must be. Wheelbarrow. I want to make sure I pronounce that correctly. Wheelbarrow. It's not wheelbarrows? Wheelbarrow. Oh, wow. I've been saying it incorrectly my entire yeah. life. Because I, I realized when I was saying that, wait. Did you break the word when you were wheelbarrow or wheelbarrow wheelbarrow? Oh, well, whoops. Now, you know, uh, Mr. Grundle, Matt Grundle, uh, this whole Ottawa truckers thing has made me well up with hope. What a bunch of everyday heroes. He always hmm. says, gives us a lot of money and says something really nice and thoughtful and positive. And then I call him my Grundle. <laughs> Why do I do this to him? I'm Thank sorry, Matt Grundle. I Thanks am not going to be uh, niggardly supporting the show. And for the, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's like we were talking about with Benjamin. Um, it is so refreshing. You are tempted not to believe it because I we're know. so conditioned to reject 
positive news. So they're accomplishing great things. Massad behind this Canadian trucker cop. (laughs) (laughs) N-word faggot says, I can't believe it took football for you guys to realize, finally realize the pronunciation of both halves of my name. Yeah, it's N-word fuggo. It is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. in common in hands, I asked a bunch of loaded or rhetorical questions just to be funny. I didn't actually want a one-word answer for the meaning of life. Mm. Stop giving blonde hell for happiness. Let's blame Matt and move on. Oh, yeah. Okay. Good. Because I was really having a hard time with that one. Did that spawn that whole conversation that we've had on the call-in show, too? joy about, and purpose, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That, that has really uh, gone a long way for what was presented as sort of a joke question. Yeah. Uh, hmm. Nostalgic Leaf. Check the hashtag. Go truck yourself. They'll keep going until it's so painful that they can't make it painful peacefully. Hmm. I like you guys. Holden Mulray. Glad to see you like the Bible references. I try to pick ones that speak to recent topics and conversations. Objective morality. Different topic. I bought a 1903 Springfield this weekend. Excited about it. Cool. Congratulations. Um. Robin D. Banks, blonde, sigh, yes, I'm a chick. You're just so clever that I thought maybe you were a dude. You should you should be uh, consoled by that. Um, I think also, the Y went, gives it away, too. I, I don't know a lot of male Robins with a Y. That's true, yeah. yeah. It's not a, t- a typical male name. You know, It is a unisex name, but I've never met a man named Robin. Yeah. Um, also, I went and dropped $50 because I'm not a well-heeled podcaster. We can't... <laughs> <laughs> we cannot live the dream. You are correct that being a TB truck tail gunner is fiction and joke. She also said there's um there's no need to be afraid. Got the run a couple weeks ago, slept for a bit, drank plenty of water, took vitamin C, murdered it in under 24 hours. How much do we give up for this puny virus? Yeah. I know, and I got sick as shit, and I still am like, this is what we gave up our freedom for. Yeah. By the way, I read an article. This is an aside. I'll be quick. I read an article the other day um, about uh, one in 10 people that lose their smell during COVID never regain the functionality of their smell in its Mm. entirety. And then a small percentage of the remainder of people have really weird responses to smell. So I've been talking on the podcast a little bit about how the smell of my own BO like disgusts me now. It's like a foreign body it's like somebody else's body is like smeared their bo on me and farts smell totally different and onions and garlic smell totally different i went to the top comment and it was like i can't stand the smell of my own farts onion or garlic and uh, the smell of dirt and it was just like exactly what's happening with me there Great is something story. that us. <laughs> there is something that fucks up your olfactory senses with covid and it's like no virus i've ever had it's totally manufactured you found your soul you? sister in the comment section no nope. but it's it was the most upvoted comment it's like clearly a phenomenon that, yeah. that's happening no i got it, it, it messed with my taste and smell but i didn't have this bizarre after effect where like I find certain things repulsive or something. It was almost a year ago. Yeah, that, that didn't I happen. I love onions and garlic. I love the smell of my own farts. I love not having to worry about <laughs> about hating the smell of my own farts. Isn't yeah. that one of the beautiful things about being human is like you're not disgusted by your own bodily functions? I thought that was the arrangement. I don't know. It's terrible. It's a, a terrible fate. Epic Bonkers. Have you been contacted by Elijah Schaefer or Sydney Watson? I super chatted a couple times for them to get you on their show Hong Kong freedom truckers, you see Biden, Biden's branding commercial. Um, I haven't. The will continue until freedom improves. <laughs> I do love them though. They're a good te- a good team. Like I, I like I like their dynamic. They totally ripped off our formula. I I'll never forgive them for that. <laughs> it's only having a dude and a chick. Yeah, I invented that. 
That's all mine. That's crazy. No, That's no, crazy. Um, no, I'd be I'd be open to a collab. I, I've not heard anything from either of them personally, but um, but yeah, I have respect for both of them. Uh, certainly. So yeah. I'm glad Elijah's to see they're doing really funny. He's, he has his yeah. moments. Um, um, yeah, I, I, I became aware of him when he pissed off all of those people outside of Max, Maxine Waters office and they chased him away. That's how I first learned of him. <laughs> That's right. So and he's done we did interview um, him ages ago. Right? Yeah, he's a funny dude, but I have a lot of respect for what he's done uh as with a lot of those guys going into these danger these dangerous places yeah. and getting footage i mean he he somebody split his lip in philadelphia at that riot before the election i remember that yeah. and it's like that's the stuff those are the scenes that i won't see unless guys like him are willing to risk that and that's I'll, true i'm not willing and to risk that i'm not doing that shit me neither especially no way. Not now like maybe in 2016 no longer um and he is the edgiest person that i can think of that has crossover with mainstream media hmm yeah that's probably true so, you know, that that's a valuable yeah. uh, relationship. So keep bothering him. We'll we'll work on him some more. Yeah. Um, Carm Ozzy says, I got the Rona from one of my residents at work because I refused the jab. My job won't pay me sick leave. Have some money for me before f- I go broke. Shout out to Cade for taking care of me as I recoup. That That is bullshit, Carm. Well, thank you for supporting the show, but I, that's in they get the vaccine or we don't give you sick leave. What if you got what if you got that says you got Rona? But what if you had just, uh, yeah, what if you had some other sickness? Yeah. You should have just lied. Hmm. Um, everybody should just lie to their employers. Uh, Laurel says, my son led me to a book entitled Albion Seed about the four English groups settling early America. My Scottish English heritage makes way more sense. I'm somewhat angry I didn't learn about this sooner. Blonde, get the book. Okay. Hmm. I have Scottish English heritage as well. Um, I could you text me that Laurel or I'm never going to remember. Okay. Thank you. You guys uh, are Raphael, texting buddies. We do. We do. Oh, wow. That. Yeah. I had a legal thank question you, for her one time and then now she lives in my phone. <laughs> um, Rafael Salvador. Hey guys, long time. No see. Can I request the devil Wears Prada for a movie review? I know it's easily dismissed as a chick flick, but I think due to the great resignation and anti-work debacle, I like to hear your thoughts. I love that movie. That's I've not seen movie. it. But uh, we we have a, a process. Man. You got to sign up and become the nominator, or yep. hope that someone nominates. But you could take this if you become the nominator next. Whoever is listening, that's a formal request for the Devil Wears Prada. If you like that one, Lupus Albus Blonde. If you haven't read the works of Matthew C. Harris, uh, you must, and I mean must. I'll gladly pay for the ensuing sides replacement surgery. Matthew C. Harris. All right. I will drop that in a hmm. list. Um, Knuckle Hunky Buck. Black women being represented around 6% doesn't seem that off. What I'm curious about is how heavily represented Schumer's 2% demographic happens to be. It's actually lower than 2%. And well, and uh, uh, to his point on the Supreme Court, too. Uh, yeah. I mean, certainly well represented. But he wouldn't. Hmm. That's not a point he would ever acknowledge. No. Yeah. You know, there are only 1,500 Jews in Idaho. It's probably something similar in this state, yeah. Hmm. Uh, Trapped to the world. Democrats, we need Black History Month or people will have no idea the contributions black citizens have made. Also Democrats, they're good who? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thank you for erasing him. He's no longer convenient. Um, don't day 2K. Well, if the feds take uh, a leak, I almost said take a leak, uh, leak a lie to the WAPO or to BuzzFeed or WAPO or BuzzFeed publishes it, then it's real and it's a real actionable item. Remember how that works? I know. I know. Well, it's it's unclassified. Trapped to the world. Hmm. Guys, this is Minneapolis we're talking about. If either of you were here, you'd be sleeping with a gun too. <laughs> yeah, a, maybe that's it. That's a fair maybe point. That, 
Yeah. Well, is, let me put it this way. I don't think it's weird to sleep with a gun at the ready, of course. I just think it's the the specific arrangement of on a couch, like gun under the blanket. I, but I, yeah, I mean, to your point, I have no idea what sort of activities go on in these apartment complexes. So I might keep it uh, even more ready than I otherwise might if I was in such a situation. Point taken. Rich, I didn't think it was possible to despise The Rock more than I already do, but wow, was uh, this his finest hold my beer moment? Being outed as a transphobic anti-Asian bigot is exactly what he gets for rolling over on a friend. I know everybody's so eager to like sell out people they've known for 20 years. It's so Mm. lame. Um, Mac Grendel, that was Sherry O'Terry and Will Ferrell, not Rachel Dratch. Fake, fake news. Was um, it? I guess I don't remember. I didn't look it up. I just it was Sherry O'Terry. He's right. I thought it was Rachel Dratch, but point Rachel taken. Dratch is she must news. be the ugliest woman alive. She's lucky she's funny. She had a good run on Saturday Night Live, um, but yeah. I guess I stand corrected. Yeah, because I'll admit I didn't look it up. I just saw the the GIF and my. Memory was Rachel Dredge, so I must have been wrong. Knuckle hunky buck. Uh, that video made me cringe so hard that my eyes just filled up with blood and I have a loud ringing in my ear. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. What was it? Uh, Dr. Uh, Baldwin. Dr. Baldwin. No, Nicole Baldwin. Uh, you can thank her. Oh, I thought you were talking about the dude. Um, Tanique was stunning and brave. Oh, I don't want to read this. Okay. I once executed a no-knock warrant on Matt. He had his hand under the blanket on his gun, so I unloaded my weapon on him. Then we snuggled on the bed to watch a great film that Matt had a bad take on. (laughs) What? (laughs) You're acting queer. (laughs) I have great takes. I won't be defamed in this way. I will not be defamed. Nicholas H., I've been no-knock raided at 4 a.m. in college. 15 cops screaming at the top of their lungs is a clusterfuck. I thought we were getting robbed by a group of boys should be banned i know it's just outside of uh, kidnapping i just can't see a situation where this does not create a higher potential for fatality Um, although um not that i'm a fan and of course for all the reasons that we've talked about i did see in the stories that minneapolis uh, executes something no pun intended but executes something like 140 no-knock raids a year that is absurd so apparently, if this is the I don't know how many fatalities have happened, but if so, it's a less than one percent fatality rate. Not that that should be perceived as good, I suppose. But I guess what I'm saying is I would expect these to be disasters more than they apparently are. If that's accurate, if they haven't had more terrible outcomes from them than uh, just this one this year. Isn't that like two point three percent? Well, one out of uh, 140 would be like... Oh, 140. I thought yeah, you said yeah. 40. Yeah. Okay. So we're talking like three quarters of a percent. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. In the year 25, I thought I was... That was my big own moment. And I just... Like, I can do math. Um, in the year 2025, 2525 uh, says, amaze, amazing. Thank you for that. Tribe 84. Shout out to the Archdiocese of Chicago keeping mask mandates in place, though a judge ruled it void. What? What? Das so they're Pooch. keeping they're keeping the mandate. I, I haven't followed the Illinois case. So the, the mandate struck down, but the church is keeping it. That's what he's saying. Oh, boy. Das Pooch, I graduated with my computer science degree the year the that office space came out. We all identified with it. Judge is brilliant, depressing that very little in corporate cub- cubicle world has changed since. Yep. At least they have memes, though. Back in 99, yeah. they didn't have those. At no least memes. at least they have memes now. The cubicle dwellers. Mac Grendel. 
All right, 25 extra for watching Blonde braid her hair. I am a <laughs> braiding prostitute. That's what yeah. I do it for. Thank, Thank you, you, Mac. We appreciate it. We do appreciate it. We love it, you. You're very special. Very special. Uh, Knuckle Hunky Buck. Uh, you have to give Rogan some credit. Dude, CNN lied. Joe Rogan. That's true. He has taken them to task. He took Sanjay Gupta to task. That's true. In that case, though, it was also Joe Rogan who was being defamed or being wrongly characterized. Right, right. So he's going to bat for himself in that situation. I don't know. I mean, I think Joe Rogan has been in general uh, a good voice for for free speech and in general has been willing to talk to people who are uh, supposed to be un untalk if you know what I mean. Yeah, I, I think true. he's he's certainly more of an asset than a liability. We, we could always ask for people to do more with gigantic platforms. But man, like this is the only time this apology is the only time that he's really. I just feel really not that he should care that I'm disappointed. He doesn't have to give a shit what I think. Should but I, I just I am bummed. You know, this is the one time where he I'm like, cares Come on, what man. black people think. He can't care what we think. He cares what the white blue checks claiming to represent black people. Think. Yeah, that's yeah. what he cares about. Um, Mark Duquesne, you can automatically generate subtitles for videos, then text search the subtitles for keywords and ah. get a time code. Handy when searching a five-hour history lecture or when trying to cancel someone. That's how oh, you that's do it. That's technology that's been used for... I that. hope someone did this in about an hour <laughs> and didn't waste like a week or more just combing right. through every... I hope uh, they definitely did do that. Beca- well, I, I, I guess I should clarify. It, it would... They wouldn't be as big of a loser if they had... Or maybe they'd be more of a loser if they like wrote a whole code to accomplish this. I don't know. Whoever did this, if you did it with cancel mobbery in mind, I guess it doesn't really matter. Maybe I should hope that you wasted your time. Um, Boogeyman 917. Cheers. Cheers to you, Slosher. If anyone wants a laugh, Nick Rakeda. Am I saying that right? I never know if it's Rakeda or Rakita. I think it's Rakita. Has been reading from the 800 page manifesto of a fired professor. It has the N word ten thousand three hundred eighty six times. What? Uh, him, he said him the N word. The funniest thing I've seen in a while. Wow. That has must be a typo. He read the N word ten thousand times, or it is going 10, to if he... three eighty six. So. Oh well, okay. I don't know. So if he's reading the whole manifesto, he's going to read the N word many, many times. Someone's <laughs> got to make a montage. I know you got to do it. Breaking news, Joe Rogan has just released a second apology video for using the derogatory term boy 6,782 yeah. times over his 12-year podcast career. He's deeply sorry and knows that it is completely unacceptable. We're it is never okay for white people to say boy to in say any boy. context. Mm-hmm. Talking to your son doesn't matter. When I saw that in the notes, I thought for sure it was a gender thing. I Yeah, I guess it could have gone that way. When I was cutting the clips, I thought, do I go all in and start bleeping boy? And I thought, nah, there's too many of them. And then the idiot said boy anyway. So that's funnier if I don't bleep it because he yeah. just he says it. So anyway, but yeah, I, I, that, that's going to be the new slur. And and you'll realize, yeah, that's all this is, is people taking certain utterances and weaponizing them into unspeakable such that yep. if you say them, they get to leverage that into control over you. That's all it is. Yeah. could be the yep. N word. It could be boy. It's any word that they pick. Whatever sound they want, it will be the next one. Yeah. So we'll see if it's boy. <laughs> yeah, I know. All right. Um, good on YouTube. Let me check in on Tippy Stream. Appreciate you guys over on D Live as well. 
And over on Tippy Stream, let me scroll down. Xander says, Rogan is the guy who left California and moved to Texas and literally bought Cali- or brought California values with him by saying he would vote for Bernie. Why are you uh, why are we defending this guy again? Well, I can agree that I find his political philosophy incoherent um, while still recognizing, I think, the value that he provides. So I don't know if it's black or white, but I I agree that it it. I, I would hope that he understands that he made a political endorsement, potentially casted a vote for. I don't know who he voted for, but if he followed through on that for the cancel mob that's coming after him now, I, I hope yeah. he would make that connection. Yeah. And if he fails to, then you really got to question it. But yeah, yeah. Torontonian. Is that the proper? Is it denonym? I word? think so. Is, that, is it Torontonian? Multiple cities across Canada, not just Ottawa. One of the writers of the Canadian Constitution, Charter of Rights and Freedom, is suing the government for violating rights. Well, Godspeed on that. And I hope this thing spreads. I also know that the truckers were shutting down the Montana uh, borders with, I guess, Alberta. That was a, a big story kind of in local news. But yeah, it's it's obviously all over Canada. And then, and that's great to see. When we were um, playing the interview, I also saw news that one of Justin Trudeau's security personnel or one of his assistants has now resigned out of principle, won't support what Justin Trudeau is doing as it relates to this uh, convoy and vaccine mandates. So maybe... Mm-hmm. Maybe I, I hope that they're in it for the long haul and they're saying that they are. So I, I hope they're able to make a difference. Uh, and I hope we can replicate a lot of that in this country, too. Phil also yeah, says the regime didn't create identity politics to divide us. We already were divided. It's the attempt to turn us into a uh, I don't even this is a fill word. Can I say this one? I've never seen this word in my life. You've stumped me with your wide ranging vocabulary. Deracinated. Are you familiar Deracinated? with that? Yeah. Deracinated. Does that mean to degrade somebody? Hold on. Uprooted from one's natural geographical, social, or cultural environment. Huh. Okay. So we are, it's the attempt to turn us into a, a deracinated, atomized, rootless population. That's the issue. A mob with no future except consuming product and getting excited for new product. Yeah. That sounds woefully familiar or like the trajectory that we're on. Bantam says, funny how Blonde's knee-jerk reaction is always to be on the side of the gangbangers who enforce uh, politician whims about gun bans, masks, and vaccine mandates. Uh, pathetic simp for thugs who pretends to be in favor of liberty over government overreach. Liar. Wow, Blonde getting roasted. <laughs> you got me. Blonde pretends wait, to be in favor of liberty. Or wait, I, is he, I, wait, is he saying that I'm I'm... I'm anti-cop. Is let me re- what... let me see if I can follow. Slow funny it down. How, funny how Blonde's knee-jerk reaction is always to be on the side of the gangbangers who enforce political whims about gun bans, mask and vaccine mandates, etc. I think he means police. But I don't know that your knee-jerk reaction is always to be on the side of police. Uh, pathetic simp for thugs mm-hmm. who pretends to be in favor of liberty over government overreach. Let me tell you something about cops, man. Uh, a lot of them are huge oath-breaking pieces of shit. Uh, so why would I default on the side of police ever? I, I wouldn't say that you have, but I also would say that... No, his say that criticism blonde, is that I default on the side of the thugs, right? I don't even well, understand what you're saying. Well, pretending to be in favor of liberty, which... When did I ever say I was in favor of liberty? That's the most insulting part. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Me. Personal freedoms, ill. <laughs> 
Blonde has always been about the collective. Day one. Um, yeah, I'm, no, th- I'm actually not really sure what he's saying, but go for it. We're probably yourself. butchering it anyway. Thank you, Bantam, for supporting the show. Appreciate it. Um, Jonathan says, my wonderful sister Joanna was forcibly converted into a fan. Uh, oh, yeah. Who was forcibly converted into a fan? Couldn't believe you gave uh, Blade Runner one wiki. So I played her your review of Blade Runner and Leon the Professional. She now keeps seeing Leon recommended on Netflix. The, the powers that be must have listened. You know, in fairness to the Blade Runner fans, if I could go back and differentiate the rating between Blade Runner and Leon, they are categorically different things. I just hate Blade Runner as a movie. I hate it stylistically. I hate it performance wise. I hate it conceptually, but it is you know, not. We have weird. to carry on a working relationship. Why do you keep talking to me about how you hate Blade Runner? I'm just saying it's not weird <sighs> pedo bait. It's different. And I won't rip it. it. Yeah, I won't rip it in the same way I'll rip Leon. So I feel bad for even giving it the same rating. You like my it, cousin Vinny, right? Five, five out okay, of five. Good. Yeah, but you hated Groundhog Day. No, I gave it a three and I tried to be like, you know, gentle and everybody got pissed off at me. So now I hate it. Now it's a one just because everybody got mad. (laughs) So your wife drawing up divorce papers right now. And then I saw it because it was just the real Groundhog Day and I saw the Groundhog Day memes. Oh, cool. I get them now. What a great movie. Oh, yeah. Look, there's there's Bill Murray as Phil. Oh, cool. He's eating ice cream. He's gorging because he doesn't have to worry about tomorrow. I get it. All right. Oh. <laughs> All right. Uh, are we? Uh, my heart. My heart. I'm, I'm are we good? Yeah, let me reload. I don't even understand what that criticism was. I'm I'm always on the side of the the gangbangers. I think it was saying your your knee jerk reaction is to be pro police. If I understand correctly. Oh. No, I I'm <laughs> really not. Um, uh, one more from Esoterica Unbound. Oh wait, m- one. Uh, did we get JT Goldfish? We did not. Can you talk about why we're sending men and women to potentially die for our country in Ukraine? We can't even protect our own borders. That is um, a very good question. That we That's how we do. Ourselves. We've yeah. been doing that for decades at this point. I know. Um, unfortunately, but yeah, it's um, we're sending thousands of guys over there right now. Um, they're saying no combat role. But uh, they've we'll said a lot that. of things. Why would I ever doubt government information? Says Why Ned Price. Take his word for it. They've never lied to us ever. Yeah. I can't think of a single time. Esoterica Unbound. Matt, of course, they're in it for the long haul. They're interstate truckers after all. Keep. Thank you. I should have uh, properly credited my own unintentional joke. Okay. Are we all set? Yep. Okay. Well, uh, appreciate you guys hanging out with us tonight, as always. Uh, it was a pleasure and um, if you're listening later on demand thank you as well for tuning in we appreciate it and if you're looking for more material to listen to we have Blonde's interviews we have the call-in show replay we have some extra material you might not find on either one of our YouTube channels those are all on the audio platforms you can find those linked in the description and over on the website that's mattchristensenmedia.com and speaking of if you're looking for anything show related you want to find the show you want to check out the merch store you want to read my terrible movie reviews you just want to get in touch whatever your purposes are head on over to the website mattchristensenmedia.com your one-stop place for everything show related we will be back next sunday remember one hour delayed after the super bowl because if it's sunday sorry chuck todd it's not meet the press it is the matt and blonde show have a great night bye guys Thank you.
Susan, wiki wiki.